Hey everybody! <laughs> uh, welcome to Praise Dionysus! Praise him! Praise him! Praise him! Welcome to our first episode of our Midsummery 2023. 2023 Midsummery. Yes, yes, it's a combination of Midsummer and Summery. Suggested by a fan on the internet. Yes, Matthew Webb, thank you so much. Congratulations. You wordplay genius. Yes, so yeah, we're talking about Midsummer. Yeah, so we're talking about four shows today. So we're doing Shadowfall by Bite. Daddy Developed a Pill by Tale of Tales Productions. The Gospel According to Jesus, Queen of Heaven at 45 Downstairs, and Promiscuous Cities by Lachlan Philpot. Um, and there's a little slash between Promiscuous and Cities, if you want to correctly imagine oh, good. We were wondering. how that title's punctuated. Slash. Yes. <laughs> um, great, let's, let's get started. Goodness. Well, that'll be a surprise for <laughs> the guests. <laughs> sort of headbutt each other with <laughs> welcoming I'm going first. <laughs> Hi! Do you wanna do you wanna go go ahead? Go ahead with what? Greeting you. you. Yeah, you great. Okay, yeah, I will do this artificial greeting given that we've been in the same room as each other for quite some time. Uh, hi, James. Oh, Jake, hello. So good to have you so here. So good to be here. How are you going? Me? I'm fine. Yeah? Yeah, ticking along. How are you? Yeah, uh, fine. So good, yes, actually. Yes, so good. Here we are, recording. <laughs> 50th episode. Yes, yes. Yeah, 50th episode. Big. Um, yeah, and first one of our mid-summary. Thank you again to Matt Webb for giving us the idea of calling so this. So angry we couldn't come up with that. So good. James is truly and transparently furious. Oh, I am. I'm angry. Um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm proud of you. That's good. Proud of you being... Matthew. Oh, not of yourself. No, no, no. I'm not proud of myself. I thought um, you were proud of yourself for not murdering anybody over it. Oh, no, no. You've I, killed I, over less. I've <laughs> killed over less. But I'm not going to kill over this. I don't kill over wordplay. Oh, oh that's growth. Mm, it's growth. And that's saying growth, not gross with a lisp. <laughs> I mean... Did you, did you ever have a lisp? I wish. I did. I grew up with a lisp. You lucky slut. I used to speak out the side of my mouth like oh, Bring it back. Unbearable. Oh my god, I'm such a lisp advocate. Really? I, yes. I had a speech pathologist, which is such a horrible thing to have to say with a lisp. That's akin to conversion therapy in my mind. Conversion therapy? Oh, like... Okay, why? What's wrong with... <laughs> because they naturally have a lisp. Why are you trying to talk them out of it? I would hate to have a lisp now. Why? I don't know, I just think I already struggle so much with like thinking what people think I look like. I don't want to have to worry about what, what people think I sound like. And do you think... Yeah, no, you keep talking. I was going to say I hate my voice, generally. Yeah. Add a lisp to that. <laughs> Mama. Yeah. Oh my god. No, but shouldn't we be trying to just normalize... Like, why are we changing to bend inside of the, you know, society's constrictions and stigmas? Shouldn't we be trying to broaden our minds and be like, you know what? I'm going to take a lisping person seriously. Uh, Drew Barrymore is famous. Yeah, Drew Barrymore is famous, but, but also you know, has a lisp. So yeah, exactly. So balances out. So, like, if we had enough, like, you know, like, spokespeople like Drew Barrymore, then maybe we could have, you know... Because isn't the problem with lisping... Like, it's not just, like, a, a lack of clarity thing, isn't it? Because people don't pe- take lisping people seriously? Like, why do we have to... I guess so. I don't think we'd be, di- like, diving I don't want to dive so into this anymore. No, but, um, uh, yeah, no, but I guess my last question to you, as a person that, you know, has been fixed in quotation marks... Thank you very much. Um, why... They used why, to be gay as well. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but, like, what's the problem with lisping? Uh, like, historically speaking, why is it considered to be something that's wrong? Well, it's... it's. I'm trying to think. I'm down, I, That's a really good question. I'm not actually sure. I guess it is you're just not taken seriously. Is that what it is? And I think there's also... 
Because it's not as if it does any sort of damage no, to No, I seem to remember there is some physical factor as well. I just, it's, I, I have not thought about it in so long. You know, if the speech pathologists at work, I can ask one of them. Is it just about, yeah, like lingual muscularity? Yeah, if you could look into that, it'd be yeah, fantastic. Yeah, I do know a surprising amount of speech pathologists. It's like it's like yes, same. It's well. weird, isn't it? Yeah. They're just, they're out there. Pathologizing speech. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, damaging people as they go. Or improving them, depending, improving on, what them, the, depending, on, the depending on what the literature says. Yes. Um, <laughs> so how was your week, Jake? Anyway, uh, my week, it was fine. It was like largely just like work and seeing shows. Yes. Yeah. big gay festival we're in the big midst gay of. Festival. Yeah, mostly that. And like, yeah, trying to see pals. But mostly it's just been those two things. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, in terms of like trying to give it a rating or like thinking about what's going on. I Somehow what leaps out is that I discovered that very, very recently, like within the last week or so, my youngest sister just learned that leprechauns aren't real. <laughs> okay, back it up. Back it up a little bit. Uh, when you say younger sister, for yes. the audience, how young? She's in her mid-twenties. Yeah, that's that's what we thought. So, <laughs> what do you mean? I... Has she seen the movie Leprechaun <laughs> and just assumed that was real? No, she. In terms of like her engagement with leprechauns, I no, I don't think because no, I, I the questions I asked her because this hit me like yep. a bombshell. Like yep. this is one of the most dramatic comings out that I've even heard of. <laughs> um, yeah, her major frame of reference was she thinks that she was muddled up in her mind, <laughs> thinking about Ally Enchanted was somehow like a go-to in, in terms of her pointing at misinformation that led her to believe that leprechauns still exist, like that they do exist. Right. Is there a leprechaun was, in Ella Enchanted? No, the, in Ella Enchanted there's a like, breed of, I forget what they're called. God, I love Ella Enchanted. <laughs> there's like, the, you remember how there's, uh, you've seen it, haven't you? Oh, yeah, yeah, as, as is tradition once and it was a long time ago. Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's Anne Hathaway. It's like a t- take on Cinderella where she magically has to be obedient because of Mini Driver. Yeah, and it's not that one where she, um, where it's like the animated into the real world. That's Enchanted. That's Enchanted. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And sorry, it's not because of Mini Driver. Mini Driver is her like, her like godmother and... Is it Vivica? A- I think it's Vivica A. Fox is like a bad fairy godmother that gives her like the gift of obedience and then she has to overcome it in order to... Oh, I do remember this movie. Yes. yes. And Hugh Dancy is Prince Charming. Yes. Yes, oh. no, I do remember this film, but again, yeah. I could not tell you anything about it. It's definitely top three Hugh Dancy performances, especially if you're factoring in how handsome he is. Does he do any dancing? <laughs> he does a bit of dancing during like they have what I think should be a staple of any piece of cinema is during like the closing moments of the film, mm. the whole cast dances together. Oh, that should always be the case. <laughs> Lego Batman did that. Lego Batman. Lego Batman did that. They all come out in their white outfits and do like a boy band thing. It's great. Okay, that's yeah. cool. They, yeah, I like all the, all the times. I don't know if it happened, how often it happened, but I feel like there's a lot of Sim- Simpsons episodes that end with everyone just dancing together. Sure, I haven't watched Simpsons in ages. Sure, sensible. Um, I just think it's the best. I think it's nice. It's a nice go between between like the thing of like people coming out to bow at the end of musical theatre and being like, oh, they're all actually friends. They're all real. And yeah. also, yeah, and it's a more wholesome version of that as we talked about, I think, last episode, the thing of like just putting a fun song underneath the closing credits to convince yes, people to they make enjoy sure themselves. Fine. Yes. So your star rating for the week? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> so in Ella Enchanted, Anne Hathaway has a pal who's like a short guy who's expected to dance because he happens to belong to this like species of person that is like whether or not they're, they're like, they're elves or they're like some sort of Gnomes? Like, like a gnome. There's some sort of like magical servant <laughs> of joy that has to like, all they do is sort of like sing imp. and dance. Like an imp, it's something of this ilk. Mm. Yes. 
and he doesn't want to be he wants to be like a lawyer or something but they <laughs> but you can't, you can't okay. be that because you're yeah and so this is what part of what has apparently confused my sister into thinking that leprechauns are real and I was like what do you mean and she's That's just the like most baffling thing <laughs> so she her definition of what until very recently she believed a leprechaun to be was essentially like a tiny little person uh. that lives in Ireland <laughs> no and they're like only job is to like sing and dance at saloons <laughs> no 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 that's not she she's lying <laughs> she's lying no she looked me dead in the, this is the same person that only in the last few years learns that werewolves aren't real okay i'm seeing a trend there's um, something happening uh, okay. <laughs> that's that's concerning yeah um yeah huh <laughs> okay so werewolves so <laughs> yes so i'm just trying to Make this make sense. So, okay. what 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 brand of werewolf did she think was real? I pressed her on this as yeah. well. It seems that she did think that there are people that turn into wolves. <laughs> like, if not, like, full-on transformation, she thought that there were people out there that when, the, like, the moon was up, they got especially hungry or something. Oh, it seems like it's no. something... I mean, there is something to do with the full moon. You ask anyone that... Any, like, nurse or doctor in a hospital or mm. any, any police person... <laughs> um... <laughs> She's also a police officer. <laughs> um, ACAP, I stand by it. Um, my dad was a police officer. ACAP. Um, uh, uh, full moon. Full moon's real. That's a real mm. thing. does make people go a bit loopy. Well, bit, sure. Well, well it lunatics. controls the tides. There you go. Lunatics. That's where lunatics comes from. Does it come from the moon? Luna. Luna's the moon. And that that's etymologically where it comes from. Yeah, lunatics. lunatic is someone that is insane. I, I'm not sure if it's because... They're more crazy when the moon comes around, mm. or if it's just lunatic because the moon makes people crazy. Right. Yeah. Okay. But no, the full moon does make... There's a higher case of people go doing crazy things and being a bit silly. Uh-huh. Yeah. Whether that's, you know, because people see the moon and think, oh, it's a full moon, I'm going to be a little bit loopy, or if it's actually, like, something to do with the gravitational pull, no one really knows, but mm-hmm. that's not a real thing. It's not a real thing. I'm just saying that out loud. Realise I don't think the gravitational pull of the moon changes because it's got more sun on it. Right. No, that's yeah. fair. Yeah. Yeah, I just realised that's not real. <laughs> there you go. There's my fun. So, how would you rate your week? I would you? rate it... Mm, I'm going to give it... Uh, I'll give it 18 stars because that's how many times I hope I watch Elder Enchanted this year. Oh, uh, that's, not, that's achievable. Yeah, I think so too. I, think that's achievable. I just want to spend all that time with Hugh. I recently purchased a copy of Hysteria. That I'm gonna watch soon. Okay. Hugh Dancy and Maggie Gyllenhaal, and it right. goes into that whole period of time that people thought women were hysterical. You mean now? What do you think of that? Um, Any of okay, it's like sure. an orgasm yep. machine. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And it's just going to be fun to watch Hugh when and Maggie talk. orgasm machine, I, I remember. You, yes. <laughs> that's what I remember, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that movie I masturbate to all the yes. time. <laughs> Is that hysteria? Let me get the lube. Um, uh, my week, oh, you watching hysteria? <laughs> <laughs> Don't mind me. I love that alternate universe where hysteria is a really popular movie. <laughs> yes, everyone's just like, oh, crack a bit of a hissy. Um... <laughs> Okay, so my week. Yes. Thank you. Go ahead. Uh, was boring and fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, similar to you, I've just been working. Uh, I've got a four-day weekend, which is very nice. Okay. Um, uh, seeing a lot of shows, which uh-huh. has been nice. Just living at home with Flynn, which has been a real nice time. Uh-huh. 
Uh, I am gonna have to stop. Who? Flynn is my boyfriend. James. I know it's huge. Oh my it's god. Huge. I got on the my 50th... speech impediment of a list. Yes. And now I have a boyfriend. I can't believe on the fiftieth episode, our first episode <laughs> of the midsummary is when you also are announcing that you have a boyfriend. Yep. 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 I'm gonna put a compilation of all the times you've done this because this is you do this all the time. It's I not don't funny. recall that. Okay. <laughs> uh, so Flynn, my boyfriend. Ah. Uh, I'm um, just getting used to it. Has been living with me for the past month. Oh yes. <laughs> More. Than a month. It's been you know, like five weeks or six weeks, and it's going really well. This I is love like it. when Shoshana works out that Ray's actually secretly moved in with her and girls. Yes, I just brought up girls, and I'll do it again. Anything about any of this? But Please keep talking. Yep, I interrupted for no reason. No, it's fine. It's always good to interrupt with a cultural reference. <laughs> uh, yep. So my week's been really nice. I would probably give it fifty out of fifty. Ooh. Because this is the what fiftieth episode. It is, uh, and, um, and that's my that's the numbers I'm using. Didn't you also got like an extravaganza of some sort? Oh, I did. I went to the midsummer extravaganza. You forgot an extravaganza. I forgot an extravaganza. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Went to the Sydney Maya Music Bowl. Wait, wait. Extravagasm? Just in terms of, no, no. I'm I'm pitching it as a word. Extravagant. Well, what what would that be? Would just that just be a really good orgasm? So I guess so. Like after sex, you you regain your breath. Okay. <laughs> um, oh, and you and, you, and then you, you turn go, to the other person. You say, that was an extravagance. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> Don't worry, it's tricky. It's it's new to all of us. Extravagasm. That is hard. Can, <laughs> I guess, or is it like, sorry if this episode's getting too lewd immediately. Yeah. What if it's like, <laughs> um, maybe it happens more at like a Sex in the City brunch where like, Sarah Jessica Buck, she's on a bus. And, um, what, and then I imagine it'd have to be like a, like a carry style person. Um, who's just like, you know, dull and self-important. Who you turns... can do this. Thank you. <laughs> Maybe forget about the characters in Sex in the City. You, you're at brunch. Okay. Someone's like, okay, sure. I get that you were like, you know, like sleeping together. But like, did you get there? And then the, the more Samantha-y pal that you're talking to can sort of be like, oh, honey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't just come. <laughs> I had an extravagasm. And then the brass goes, burn. <laughs> What sort of music do you think Sex and the City had? Mostly brass. Womp <laughs> 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 womp. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what it was like, right? I've never what seen do you mean he has erectile dysfunction? <laughs> that's funny. That that's funny. To I Charlotte. think you should add some brass. Um, <laughs> extravagant. Wow, that's hard. Why is that hard for me to say? Why would... Could they go back and take, like... Do, do Sex in the City and you know how they like digitally remaster things yeah could they just go back and change all the music and make it like a differently toned show entirely <laughs> yeah that would be good yeah you can make it a bit grainier maybe it make it feel a bit more jazzy or you could do like that um, sort of like really intense high top like uh, late 90s like you know you know the song that plays when it's like you wouldn't steal a car yeah <laughs> what if they just did it all like that <laughs> He's got the biggest dick I've ever seen. <laughs> We're gonna kill Yeah. Right in. Anyway. Sex in the city to us. Brace Dionysus. Yes. And if you want us to write on the second season of and just like that. Oh, I've got everything. I've got everything to say. Do you think Carrie Bradshaw? Not Carrie Bradshaw. Do you think uh, Kim Cattrall is going to come back? I mean, isn't that the rumour? Are they saying that she is going to come back with the second season? I don't even follow Sex and the City, and I, I think that's the case. But we know that we're meant to be excited about it. <laughs> yeah, and just like that. I hope Liza Minnelli's in it. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, God. Is she going to die soon? I don't want to think about that, and we shouldn't talk about that. Okay, great. Um, because I don't want to... 
I don't want to think about that. I know, but sad. if I don't think about it, it makes me, like, I don't know. I just, I, I want to know where the shark is. Liza right? Medetti. Right? Oh, God. Diza Minnelli. Diza Minnelli's much better. Oh, God. Do, who, do you think Dolly Parton or Liza Minnelli, Liza Minnelli will live longer? Which one will live longer? In terms of, like, from now. Do you think who, who has think more breath to I think Dolly's a bit younger. I think Dolly's a bit younger. Okay. So I, I think just by virtue of that, I think I'm going to say Dolly Parton. So from this moment, Dolly Parton has more breaths than Liza does. Jesus. Less to I go. Mean, oh, God. <laughs> I don't want to think about either. Dolly Parton? Oh, God. Dolly. Dolly. Po- I was going to say Dolly postpartum. That's, oh, God. that's a different thing. Dolly, pardon me. I'm dead. <laughs> that's oh, it. That's, that's how you get a balloon drop. As long as Julie Andrews outlives both of them, that's all I care about. Oh, that's God, all I, I care Julie about. Julie Andrews now. She'd be she'd be uh, like, like up there. Northern near, 80s, nearing I think. the night. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, you were talking about your extravagasm. Oh god, I'm sad now. Oh god, I'm sorry. No, it's no fine. one think about that. They're all gonna outlive us all. <laughs> Hooray! Because <laughs> we we're all, all very sick. Oh, no! No! no. Oh, the oh. day a thousand queens died. Imagine if the three of them were going for like a Paris Hilton, Lindsay Lowe, and Britney Spears style car, and they all just had like, gotten into some sort of horrific accident. Oh, look, if they all die quickly, oh. heaven. It'd be like a sec. Oh, and oh my god, and then it'd be like a second American pie. You know I haven't seen American Pie. I mean, not the not, not the Jason Biggs sex comedy. Like you know how like all those like famous musicians were like on a plane and the no. plane crashed and then Don McLean released American Pie. No. About how the music died. No. No. I don't. That <laughs> well, sounds great. I, so what part of that sounds great? I don't know the whole premise, <laughs> the whole everything you just said. So this Midsummer <laughs> Extravaganza. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went to the Sydney Maya Music Bowl. Okay. We sat down in the seated area at the front. It was yes. general admission. Oh, right. And you yeah. got to the front. Got to the front. Well, not okay. the front. <laughs> when I say front, I mean mid-back. <laughs> the back of the seated area, which was, like, still really good seats. And you wanted to be... Because you could have been on the grass as well, right? Could have been on the grass. Wanted, lots of people were on the grass. Seats. We wanted seats just because like, we thought it was going to rain a bit and we thought it was going to be windy and cold. Turned out to be a beautiful night, but <laughs> we would prefer to sit down. Well, of course. But once you turn 45, you need <laughs> you, know, you need that back support. Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> Yeah, went on in, sat on down, and it just proceeded. Have you been to the Midsummer Extravaganza before? I'm not sure if it's a thing that happens every time. Yeah, no, I've never been. Okay, so it's just like, it's a, essentially a variety show full of people that are doing shows for Midsummer and, like, queer icons. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so there was just, like, a, a long list of performers. There was, like, um, it was... <laughs> uh, <laughs> Joel Creasy and Queen Kong were hosting. Who is Queen Kong? Queen Kong was on um, Australia, uh, Down Under Drag Race, the Australian version of Drag Race, which I have not watched. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, Queen Kong herself is a very incredible performer mm-hmm. uh, and a great um, uh, advocate for human rights. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's an amazing person, so she was great. I will say, mm-hmm. drag in the daytime, like doing a fierce drag number in broad daylight, mm-hmm. it's always a bit tricky. Especially like a huge <laughs> space like that. Okay. It does feel a bit like, I stand by the best way to view drag performances is always a bit drunk in a dark club. Like that okay. is, that's how it should be. That's the right. magic. But okay. Queen Kong, amazing. Hmm. Joel Creasy was there. Um, <laughs> he had a poem. Ew. Why? That was his contribution. <laughs> Sorry that my <laughs> response to poem is... Ew. No, that's the good response. Why did he have a poem? I don't know. It did seem like he had sort of written it the day before and forgotten he was hosting. Was it meant to be a funny poem? It was, and arguably, I guess they were jokes. But, you know, I didn't care. Why a poem? I don't know. It was like... It was literally the sort of poem where it was like, Here we are at midsummer, all of us together. I wonder what will happen to my friend Trevor. Like it was that sort of rhyming scheme. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> so is Joel Creasy a good poet? 
I don't know who wrote the poem. I'm not sure, so I can't say. Um, but Queen Kong was amazing. It was just sort of like it was just funny seeing the difference between the two of them. Like Queen Kong comes on and like does like a 15 minute high powered dance routine, mm. and then John Crazy wanders on and does his little poem. It was sort of. Um... <laughs> God, I love Sorry. when you get homophobic. <laughs> And he's all like, oh, no. I love dicks. Fabulous. <laughs> no, 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 no. So, Kiss a girl. <laughs> no, I can't. That's the whole thing. Anywho, so they were hosting. That was good. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, there was Dolly Diamond and Tash York kind of thing. And I've never seen Tash York before, who's, like, this incredible cabaret performer. Mm-hmm. But I saw her again in a show that I'll talk to you about in another episode. Yeah. So I will save what I have to say about her. Okay. Um, but she's terrific. Mm. Um, Tina Del Twist. Tina Del Twist is a wonderful drag performer who just has this great routine where she sort of dawdles on and is confused and has this like fishbowl of a wine glass that she just had Joel Creasy sort of stand around so she could sort of give it to him and then like make him run around and pick it up again, which was terrific. Mm-hmm. Um, there was also, oh, um, Jordan Raskopoulos yeah. did this, uh, came on and just did the most incredible performance of, have you ever, do you know, um, you know Hedwig and the Angry Inch? Yeah. The Origin of Love? Yeah. Beautiful song. And for Jordan Raskopoulos to come mm. on and sing that was, I, I was moved to tears. Great. And then did a Look cover of. Crying. In crying! Public. <laughs> well, they still work. Um, and then did a cover of Creep. Sure. Um, and sort of, <laughs> no, no, no. No, 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 I'm sure it was great. It was really good because it sort of came on and prefaced it with sort of like, you know, this is one of those few songs in the early days of like the, like, when did Creep come out like that? Yeah, like the 90s? 90s and late, yeah. Um, where you could sort of like have a song that's sort of about doesn't you're not belonging to your own body and that sort of stuff. So that, suddenly the whole audience was singing Creep along with Jordan. It was just like, oh, that's nice. That was nice. It is one of the most covered one songs. One of the most covered songs in the world. Oh my God. <laughs> but I mean, I love, I love me a good cover. I do. I can't, I, I will not complain about seeing it. Um, I'm just checking if there's anyone else that I saw that I wanted to talk about. You're looking through your extravagasm list. My extravagasm list. It's just a lot of... Jism. Um, oh, God. Jism. Just jism. We... Ah! 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 First of all, Reese Nicholson. What? I think the baby elephant walk is somehow such a funny song. <laughs> I think you can put it underneath. Put that under more of Sex in the City. Yeah. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> um, how big was it? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> well, Miranda and Carrie are walking past Central Park uh, talking about nonsense. <laughs> or, or you know what else you could slip in there? What? That would be good. Reese Nicholson. I love, I love, I've always loved Reese Nicholson. Reese Nicholson just had probably the most polished and tight set of comedy in that whole extravaganza. It was just slick, professional comedy. Sure. Also... Courtney Act. Mm-hmm. Courtney Act came on as the last number. Did Xanadu. Oh my goodness. Cor- <laughs> I'm still reading my Rob Mills book. I'm almost done. Good on you. Rob Mills' first gay experience was a threesome with Courtney Act and a woman. Oh. Uh, Isn't this mind blowing? You can't just drop that on me in the recording. What? How do you think I felt when I was reading the book? When? Yeah, people keep talking about when? fucking Prince Harry's. When? When did this happen? Yes. It was like during the first season of Australian Idol. Because that's because Courtney Act and Rob Mills were in the same season. They're in the same season. Yes, and they became really close, and then that happened. How do, do you? Uh, has he spoken about what their relationship is like now? Um, I don't know if he says that they're still very close, but they, he said that there was a, like during that time, especially they were very close and really got along with each other. Oh, I think wow. they're still pals, but that's yeah. That's yeah. Okay, that's um, isn't that incredible? 
you've thrown me off the track. That this, was that's yeah. again, yeah. That's the thing. People talking about Prince Harry's spare. I was like, this is the book we should this be talking about. Oh my god, Courtney yes. Actor Rob Mill. Who was the third? He didn't didn't name her. It's some oh. sort of it's some anonymous woman. That oh, was okay. in sure. A real dramatic threesome. Not a celebrity that you can just name and shame. No, no. Why would I shame them? I'm jealous. No, I'm not. <laughs> that sounds very intense. <laughs> uh, and that's, yeah, anyway. That, but also, second bombshell. This book is full of them, Go by the way. Um, he was with Paris Hilton, like physically with Paris Hilton, mm. the first time that she saw her sex tape. Oh, I'd love to be a fly on that wall. Oh, my God. Oh my Just because I want to be a bug. Oh. <laughs> um, I'd love to fly. Um, I'll be oh a fly on any wall. Imagine being in that room with yeah. Paris. Yeah. Oh, wow. Rob Mills has really done some stuff. He's done some stuff. Good on him. He's an incredible man. Um, <laughs> okay, on that note, I will just say Brendan McLean also performed, who I really love. Oh, great. Yeah, Did yeah. you know Brendan McLean was in The Great Gatsby? Doing what? He's the organist. He's the one playing the organ during the crazy party. Oh, not the one that takes out Daisy's kidneys. He's not that organist. <laughs> <laughs> no, Dave. I haven't seen the best Lerman Great Gatsby. It's pretty good. Is it? I mean, sure, it's colourful and fun. So if you're a baby, it's great. <laughs> and I love it. Um, yep, yeah, uh, so uh, th- that was the Midsummer Extravaganza. And it was uh-huh. a beautiful night. We mm-hmm. ended up getting home at a reasonable hour. Um, yeah. What? What else do you want from me? Um, did you give it a rating yet? No, you did. You gave it a 50 out of 50. 50 out of 50, because it's our 50th episode. <laughs> great. Okay, look at us remembering to rate our weeks. <laughs> I love time, and I love numbers. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, do you want to talk about some fire? What's that? I said theatre, but with a fun accent. <laughs> you need to work on the accent. But yeah, let's do it! Alright. Um, hi, Jake. Hello, James. Uh, I went to La Mama. Ah! <laughs> Why is that scary? Well, there was a fire there. I thought maybe that meant there was A long also... time ago, it's all better now. Yeah. They fixed it. Uh, so I went to La Mama, yes. HQ, to uh-huh. see a show called Shadow Fall. Ooh. Dramatic name. Love it. Love the, you, I, I love a dramatic name. Uh-huh. Like, like, and why does Shadowfall qualify as dramatic in because your mind? It's, it's got shadow and fall in the title. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's Shadowfall. It sounds like it's going to be dark and gritty and quack, edgy. Quack. Yes. Spoiler alert: it was. Um, <gasps> so, <laughs> so many gasps. So many, this audience is really into it. Um, Ooh. Yeah, the one loud guy in the audience. <laughs> Our audience. Ah, that oh, is the singular. Like that. That's one. Yes. Um, so I went along with my friend Patrick, who you know, Patrick Shaw. Sure. Oh, Come on, Patrick. Very good. Uh, went along with Patrick, went and got pizza beforehand. Oh, yes. Just at the classic Doc DOC around the corner. Had to carbo load. Oh, <laughs> God, I love that pizza so much. Yeah, I recently so met good. a handsome guy that works there. Not a story, that's you, just a you thing. Know, you know him? Or well, I missed the start of that scene. I, <laughs> I don't pay attention to you. <laughs> I met this beautiful man, started speaking to him... He's recently arrived here from a country... I don't want to say too many specifics in case he doesn't want me sharing his country of origin. Thick accent, beautiful man, works at that pizza place. That's my entire story. Great, (laughs) so free pizzas for Jake soon. (laughs) Yeah, I'm that good at conversations and friendship. Very excited for that. Uh, So that was... (laughs) I'm sorry, I just think it's funny. I... The idea of being that good at, like, exploiting your friendships. So you just get stuff. <laughs> like, whoever it is, within the first conversation of meeting someone, you're like a vampire hunting for, what can I get out what of this arrangement? Some people are like that, though. Those people exist. <laughs> What's that? You work at Officeworks. Could I get free printing? <laughs> I want a spiral textbook, please. <laughs> Come on. We're friends, aren't we? We're friends. <laughs> We're friends. You know me. Um, Jake, what would I get out of you if our friendship ran like that? What would you get out of me? What would me? I be able to get out of you? I could weasel some guac. Guacamole. You could. 
<laughs> yes. You could eat guacamole like a weasel. I could. Otherwise, do oh. weasels eat a lot of guacamole? I think if weasels came across a guacamole, they'd give it a snuffle. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> a snuffle. <laughs> uh, what do you get out of me? Oh, I don't know. Out of you. Not much. I'm just trying to think. What connections do you have? You could hook me up with like a free x-ray, maybe? I. You'd need a referral, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also, it's bug-filled anyway, so... So in a way, I'm right. You, I mean, you're not wrong. That, <laughs> I refuse to say you're I right. I'm <laughs> never right. But you're not wrong in this yes. case. I'm not giving you a sticker, but I'm also not giving you an X. Thank you. Okay. So... so <laughs> this is run its course. Um, <laughs> I could get emotionally devastated. <laughs> yeah, but you get that anyway. Oh, God. From me. Uh, <laughs> your dear friend. Yes. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Ah. <laughs> God, you're stupid. Ah. So, yeah. Uh, so, written and directed by uh, Wacky Matos. What was? It's been Shadow that long. Fall. Shadow. Shadow okay, Fall. guys, we're back to okay. We're back to talking about Shadowfall. Yes. At La Mama HQ. Yep. Went with Patrick to have pizza. Yes. Went to the place. Did not win the door prize. Oh, you lucky slut. Very upset. But you wanted the. prize I always want to win the door prize. Yes. What was the prize this time? Uh, I I didn't even see. I was so angry. You, you got that. In I'm red. fairly certain it was a book. Okay. I, I didn't really... Once I know I'm not winning, I don't want to know what the prize is. <laughs> so frustrating. Did the um, person that won it look like they would take good care of it? Again, basically, I saw that I wasn't winning and said, I'm going to the bathroom. <laughs> you really got that level of rage blindness. <laughs> I, I saw red. I saw, the, the shadow fell. The, oh, no. Uh, uh-huh. uh, you like that one? So much. I love that. that. That's yours for yeah, Okay, cool. Uh, so we wandered on in. Yes. Sat on. <laughs> Move, I wonder. <laughs> I think it's so funny. It's very funny. Yeah, so I wonder. Get the fuck out of my way. <laughs> so we were assaulting the audience. Yes. Sat on down. Mm. Um, uh, and then, yeah, uh, proceeded to watch Shadowfall. <laughs> yes. So the show proceeded to be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it was a. And I, I had no idea what it was going in. We sat down. Mm hmm. It's it's uh, a traver- it's a traverse stage. Uh-huh. So we lined up and on one side of the wall, and then on the other side there was just a line of other people staring at us. <laughs> so that was just terrific. Yes. Uh, and then yeah, the, the, it was nine performers. Wow. Yeah, in that space, it mm. was very packed. It was it was quite quite a good experience. So like, they it was. I'm trying to think of the best way to describe it. It's sort of like a mixture of theatre. Physical movement, dance, and music. Okay. So it's, it's a little bit more of an abstract piece. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's sort of... I, I, I think, Jake, you and I have an experience with La Mama where often we don't know what's going on with the show. <laughs> Somehow that pattern has so emerged. That's, that's yes. happened. And this is what's happened to me. So I'm not, not super sure what happened. Mm-hmm. But it's sort of... It seemed to be... Uh, sort of like an unpacking of growing up and sort of trying to find yourself living in a sort of share house situation. Oh no, baby! <laughs> <laughs> welcome home, welcome home, baby. Welcome to welcome to your share house. Uh, my share impression gets worse and worse. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> okay. Um, I thought she was in the room. What was it like being on Mamma Mia Two? Oh, I love helicopters. Oh, <laughs> Amanda Seyfried, it's a delight. We actually killed Meryl Streep. Oh, um, she came back as a real ghost. That was that was not planned. Get the camera. <laughs> okay, uh, so, that's good though. So yeah, so mm. 
It so was like a... growing up in a share house. It, it, yeah, again, I can't really tell you. Okay, oh, good, you're just taking guesses. I'm taking a guess. Perfect. Um, from what I read of the blurb afterwards, because I, I tend not to read anything about the show until after I've seen it. Yeah. Um, it, 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 that is what it seemed to... It, it said it was sort of about, like, um, finding yourself in a share house and sort of... The, I couldn't really tell much more from the blurb either. Finding um, yourself... In the location of a... Sh- like, like find, <laughs> discovering yourself and also navigating living in a share house while your life's falling apart. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Yep. Um, so nine performers, which, as we said, is a lot for that room. Yes. But there's no set otherwise. There's, like, these beautiful suspended hanging light bulbs, like the sort of orange filament ones, you know, where they, they're sort of... Oh, there's, like, a... Is that what an Edison bulb is? Yeah, I think so. Like, the sort of industrial ones. Like, they're big and bulky, and they yes. have a filament that's a bit orangey. Longer ones, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yep, yep. So, three <laughs> of those on either side at different lengths. Like, the sort of thing that, like, a Mumford & Sons concert would have. Exactly, like, the sort yes. of thing. Like, yes, that's <laughs> exactly you. right. Um, well done. Uh, so, that was... <laughs> Guess the bulb. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> is it Mumford & Sons adjacent? <laughs> is it that, or is it Lady Gaga? Um... So, mm. performers. Uh, Isabel Knight mm. played Jazz, who was like the only sort of solid... She, she only played that one role. Mm-hmm. Um, and her name was Jazz. The character's name was Jazz. She didn't play Jazz. I <laughs> <laughs> see the confusion. No, she didn't play Jazz. There was ah. no Jazz in this. Um, thank God. <laughs> Except for the Jazz that there was. <laughs> Which was the character named Jazz. Yes. Uh, so she's sort of navigating this life of uh, being a young person and having... Anxiety and a depression, I assume. Okay. Um, well, I, well, I'm You're th- diagnosing her. I'm diagnosing her myself. Great. Uh, and also, like, yeah, then sort of interacting with who I think was her ex-lover mm-hmm. and is currently her housemate. Okay. Um, and also another character who, for the first half of the show, I assumed was her mother, mm-hmm. but is the other housemate, I think. Okay. Um yeah, so that's what I'm going to go with. That's okay. my theory. Great. Uh, so so we are, we're already at the point of guessing. We, absolutely. Great. Okay, yes. cool. No, I, I have no solid facts about the story of the show. Perfect. But it was a, it was a good experience. Um, Isabel Knight, as Jazz, was really, really solid. She had a lot of like monologuing and a lot of um, solo work. And it was always as the one character. And it was just... It was really good for, for us to have her in that p- piece. You know when you see a show and you're not sure what's going on, there's not, but there's one character who is the solid, you know, every time you look at that character, you're like, oh, you're this character, mm-hmm. so I know that you're going to be sort of setting the tone of what this scene's going to be. Oh, okay. So that was, that was helpful. Okay, great. Because every other, every other performer put out, you know, many hats. Great. So it was nice to have one that we could sort of focus on in this sort of be like, like look, Angstrom. Jazz, I'm lost, so I need you to be my shepherd. Yeah, it's, Isabel, Isabel, <laughs> tell me what's happening now. Um, so there was a lot of elements in this show. Yeah. So, th- yes, there was a singer. Mm. Um, Florenzia Andarini was the singer. Mm-hmm. So she would sort of interrupt a scene or sort of like transition a scene by just sort of singing solo with no backing. Okay. Um, which was an interesting device. An interesting device. Did you secretly not like it? I find it... <laughs> Look... I've got, to, I've got to say, I'm not someone that really knows much about... I, I'm, I'm not one that really connects with or clearly understands, like, pieces that are all about, like, physical movement and, and like, singing and the, it's less of a linear story and more of an experience, you know? Okay. I, I'm a dumb person. Sure. So I find it hard to sort of follow those stories. That's on me. Sure. Um, and then this, to have sort of scenes and then... Singing, I can't even. I can't really remember the songs, um, 
but it was sort of slow love songs. Okay. Um, like ones that you recognized? Some of them. Okay. And some of them not. Okay. Uh, so that was one element. <laughs> okay. Another element is Nikki Green, who I'm going to go ahead and just say for me was the highlight of the show. Great. Nikki Green was um, uh, the movement designer for the show, so she sort of choreographed everything. But is listed as the movement designer. She uh, in yeah she's 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 in the cast. Yep. She's on stage, and all she does the entire show is move and dance. Oh, cool! I just never heard the phrase movement designer. No, before. neither had I. That's cool. But, but the, it, because it wasn't it wasn't dancing mm. as so much as it was yeah um, choreographed movement. Right. Um, and Nikki yeah is clearly a very talented performer. Mm-hmm. Um, and throughout every scene would be doing some sort of physical movement or dance or she would sort of represent another character or she would represent an idea and sort of just sort of be between all the other actors mm-hmm. and they would sometimes join in and they would sometimes ignore her and they would interact it was I just I, I think Nikki Green is a very watchable person cool um, especially with the the movements that she had sort of choreographed I think clearly is a really terrific performer um, so with that many people in the room, and them sort of jumping between all these different uh, like scenes, settings, and vibes. Um, there was one moment I really loved. Yes. They would every now and again sort of start looking up. All nine of them would start looking up and pointing at the, the roof and saying, What's she doing up there? What's she doing? She's on the roof. What's she doing up there? What? I can't... Where is she? Um, and that was a theme throughout the show. Like every now and again, they'd start doing that as mm. sort of different characters. Um, and sort of the... I guess, I, I don't know if I'm spoiling anything. Because I'm not, again, not sure what happens. Uh-huh. <laughs> but throughout the course of the show, it, it sort of hinted that Jazz is maybe going to jump off a building or maybe sort of pointing out that she's sort of in the mental state where she's sort of obviously considering suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was one bit where all nine of them sort of turn up and start looking at the... And you know those sort of type... Like, character archetypes we've spoken about before. Like, you've got your, like, the prostitute sexy, sultry women in, like, yes. high school productions. Yes, yes, yes. This one, they, they did, they all snapped into the sort of, oh, what's she doing up there? Oh! Like, all of them were Samantha. Yes! Like, the poshest, <laughs> smuttiest, sexiest people. And horny I just, dandies. Horny dandies! It was so good. <laughs> they all immediately turned up and they started, like... That everyone's posture immediately changed into these sort of like hoity-toity women, and I thought that was the best part of the show for me. Great! And they did this again and again with different types of characters, which was really great. Mm-hmm. Um, even just like, sorry to sort of move all over the place. Something as simple as all nine of these performers breathing at. The, they did this bit where they would sort of like do a, like all of them at the same time, mm-hmm. and something about that small space. And just nine clearly talented people being there directly in front of us, doing that and sort of hearing them do that in time, mm. just got to me for a second. Okay. Like, there were some really affecting uh, moments in this piece. Yeah, what, is, what are your thoughts on... Because this has happened to you as well. Do you think you can say that you... Because I, I, th- I enjoyed this piece. Do you think you can say you enjoyed a piece fully if you didn't understand it? Sure, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, absolutely, yeah, because I think, yeah, because if you didn't think that, I'd say it's like, you would think that your experience of a piece of theatre, if we're sticking to theatre, like a Mm. piece of theatre is requiring not just for you to comprehend that there's a story and a narrative going on and you Mm. understand the arc of what it is and the things that happen in it, but it's then also to assume that a good piece of, or an enjoyable piece of theatre has a story in the first place. Yeah, true. You know, which itself is kind of not a thing that I agree with. 
Sure. I guess I, I felt I felt I feel guilty. Like I because I, 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 I haven't had this experience super um, like like this before. Where I genuinely where you feel like you missed genuinely feel like I've missed something and don't know yeah. what was happening. Sure. Um, and I feel bad. Like I because I, I almost feel like. That you must have failed. That you was. Yeah, that, that's the knee jerk yeah. reaction I'm having. Because oh. you figure that they will have given you all the parts to put mm. together. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like a secondhand scrabble or something. No, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. And I want to be able to say, oh, I understood and appreciated it all, but I don't think I can fully appreciate the work without understanding it. Sure. That's what I think. And I feel okay. bad about that. Sure. Sure. Well, I, I get that. And I get too that the. I. Maybe less. I, I get that type of guilt. And I think too, with me, there's the thing of like, um, oh, was I a bad audience member? Or like, did I not pay the proper type of attention? Mm. And then I also feel like, oh, I really missed out on something that could have really like blown my mind if I'd just been a bit smarter or like yeah. was looking yeah. in the right direction. Like, yeah, as with my similar La Mama experience of watching Traps. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot of, a lot of that. But then very, I was very glad that I then like after, <laughs> after Johnny tried to explain to me what he thought the plot was, then after we talked about it and then I went away and like did slightly more research into what it was about. Then I was like, oh no, I was kind of meant to be a bit lost. And like, even like the experiment right. that was being undertaken was going to leave me floundering because yeah. just by virtue of the textual experiment that Carol Churchill was embarking upon kind of meant that I wasn't going to have all the pieces necessary mm. to win Scrabble. So... Yeah. yeah, I guess at the end of it, I, I'm glad I, I enjoyed it, and I, I, even just the simple experience of being in a small space with nine performers, just giving it all up for you, I mm. think is really special. Yeah, well, that's um, the thing. Like, there's always yeah. something happening. Like, one of the good things about really any art form, but that's, if we're just going to talk about theatre. Yeah. Like, at the end of the day, like, it's you could you could watch a piece in Dutch or something. You could watch it. You could only watch Act Two of something, mm. and it's there's still stuff going on that if you have the right lens, you can enjoy whatever it is that's happening even if it's just the fact that there are people in front of you doing something yeah like there's so much in that to explore like that that's why now i at least don't get really like anxious and sad and shit when i'm like watching something that i don't get because you can just pay attention to like that one actor that you find really fascinating and just watch the way that they move their arms you know or you yeah. can just you know look at the props and try to think about how they chose to use these props yeah i guess you're right i i'm i'm just trying i've got to just move on from feeling that way I think <laughs> sure because yeah <laughs> sure but yeah being told to just move on I find it doesn't really help me generally really? I can do it really easily <laughs> I'm pretty strong Go and on. resilient yeah. so <laughs> I'm gonna move on from everything move on from you done um yeah Shadowfall Shadowfall I've gotta stop just saying the name of the show at the end of a yeah. segment uh huh um so should we maybe just end it on this note which note Wicked! Yeah! <laughs> it's my grocery list. <laughs> hey. Okay, all right. Hello. Yoo-hoo! I guess we're doing this. Hi. I went to the explosives factory. Sorry, yoo-hoo is just such a funny thing to say. <laughs> yoo-hoo! I think it's like my favorite thing. Yes. He, yeah. he, um, you went to a theater. Where did you go? I went to the, the explosives factory. You know, ah, like theater works? The, yeah, the little other theater yes. works that's down that alley behind like a hardware store. I've never been there, but I, you've told me about it before. You've never been there? No, still not. Still not. Yeah. Is that okay? <laughs> is conversation just repeating the last two things the person said back? I guess it is just repeating the last thing the person just said back. 
Oh no! Oh no! I'm dumb. No, 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 no. Um, yeah. So I went with uh, Sebastiano Pedruzzello. I'm aware. Ah, yes. No, 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 no. yes. <laughs> what a man! We went, <laughs> we went up the scary staircase, got to the top, and then yeah, we were there to see Delhi. De- oh, <laughs> God! I'm, not, I'm that hungry that I tried to say Delhi. Maybe we should have a lunch break. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. I, um, Daddy developed a pill. Oh, Daddy. Dad- it sounded like you said Danny. Oh, oh! I thought I said Delhi. I'm losing it. Daddy developed a pill by Cassie Hamilton. It still says like you're saying Danny. Danny? Yeah. Dad, I definitely have like some sort of like oral anxiety about saying particular sounds because it sounds like I'm trying too hard to speak. My self-consciousness is crippling me. Okay. <laughs> Just try it one more time. Hit the D. Daddy hmm. developed a pill. Perfect. Thank you. Magnificent. <laughs> Go on. Cassie Hamilton wrote it, and L.J. Wilson directed it. Terrific. Whether you like it or not. <laughs> um, yeah, so we sat down. We were, Okay, so we get there, and we're sort of like milling about, um, standing there, waiting to go and see the show. Um, we get welcomed, and then they flop a door open, and then we go inside. The, the space... It means nothing to you because you don't know what it looks like normally, Thank but it's you. like sl- the performance area is slightly more enclosed than usual, so we have to like penetrate a wall in order to get there. Oh, I, I love that when, when you walk into a show and there's just way more barriers than you thought there would be. You're into the barriers? I love it because it's like, it feels more like a transition into the theatrical space. Oh. Like when they, when you have to like, yeah, push through a curtain or like maybe they put up some spider webs you need to push through or something. Okay. <laughs> that sort of stuff I love. Yeah? Yeah. I went to a show, I can't remember what the show was, but they had like biohazard plastic over the entrance and you had to sort of like push through it. Okay. Like, yeah, that was a fun transition. Sort of immediately sets you up into sort of, oh, theatre! Oh, great. Yeah. Okay. Why do you hate fighting through a curtain? No, I guess I just don't think it does anything for me. But I think... Mm. It um, feels like part of a preset to me. Right. Which is perfect. Yeah. 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 Um... Okay, yeah, that is interesting. No, I think maybe I'm just like too anxious or just don't give it much thought, I suppose. But I think, yeah, now that you say it like that, I guess on some unconscious level, it would be something in terms of being able to enter into a space where your like mind is meant to be different and maybe it's, mm. you know, connects somewhat to the suspension of disbelief or something, like the world's You're about to be a different. different space, yeah. Sure, yeah. That's what I think. <clears throat> yeah, okay, I'll be thinking about that for this week. Okay, yeah, good. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we get in there, we walk in. So you push through the I curtain. Push through. Somehow I make it through this membrane. Oh. Yes, and then it's traverse. Oh, it's, mm. I love a traverse. You do. Oh. Yeah, yeah, me too. So yeah, um, we sit down, me and Sebastiano go to the left. We sit in the front row of the left-hand side bank of people sitting down. Of course, facing the other group of people on the other side of this traverse playing That's area. That's how traverse works. It sure is. <laughs> so we sit there and we wait for the show to start. On the left, there's like, you know, there's like gay curtains where there's flingy little like strips of like streamers you know shiny yeah <laughs> okay I, you know if you go to like a 19 19- a door curtain I, t- they're called door curtains. I also adore curtains. <laughs> they're ones... Like, not door beads, the ones that... You can't you, see Jake's hands, but he's got, like, witch fingers trying to do this. They're like... <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know what you mean. Like, like door curtains. The ones you get photographed in front of at, like, a 21st birthday party. Yes, like the streamer ones. Yes? Sure. <laughs> I know what you mean, yes. That's on the left. And then on the right, it's, like, three alfoiled doors Ooh. in a wall. Oh, great. You know, so it's like three... Is that clear? So it's three doors in a wall. Covered in alfoil. Yes. Yeah, so like sort of accessible, like, regular doors? Yes. And they're like shiny because of the alfoil, but they're not, they're not like reflective like mirrors. Yeah, great. Yeah? Love that. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. So yeah, then we sat down and the show started. And then so what it is, is so... <laughs> so Sarah Greenwood is playing like this woman who's in, inherited a drug company from her father. And she... So her dad made this pill... 
And now she's kind of developing the sequel to that pill, now that she kind of has the company to herself. What's a sequel to a pill? Like, a, just a better improved Yeah, version. I forgot that that wasn't, like, a thing that you ever hear. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, he made a pill, and then her pill is, like, an improved version. And how hers works is you take this pill, and then with, within three hours, like, at the three-hour mark after taking this pill, you have to have either found sort of self-actualization, or you die. And sort of like it helped. Why would you take the pill? For self-actualization! Oh, you could die if you don't get it. Yeah, but then why live if you can't reach self-actualization? Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean, I just think I would not take a pill that could kill me in three hours if I don't figure out who I am! Well, why don't you think that your brain could get you there? Like, the pill itself is going to help you find your self-actualization. It's not as if just like, quick, go! <laughs> <laughs> that is what it sounded like. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> or you die. Yeah. Yeah, like your body stops. That seems like a bad pill. Carry on. <laughs> well, she's very proud of it. So sure, it's like, it sounds like a medical marvel. So we get sort of like waddled through quite quickly sort of the backstory of her upbringing and what it's like to, you know, live in a, like a family with two parents that have that type of occupation and stuff. Yeah. Um, but the bulk of it takes place at this like launch party that she's having mm. to announce to everybody like all these like, you know, like investors and pals of hers and like old friends and stuff coming together to be like, what's this announcement that she's making? And she's like, this is the pill. And then to sort of like prove and celebrate how wonderful the pill is she takes it at the party and then the play really kind of like takes place over the three hours of her having had the pill in her system oh yeah great and yeah and but then that that leads us kind of directly just because i'm in charge of how this conversation's going that leads us into talking about so clay Crichton and jack francis west are the the two other actors in the show Mm -hmm. and they play literally everybody else oh wow okay yeah so which is where sort of like the doors come into play in terms of like popping in and out um with, and so, somehow, yeah, no, no, I don't know, which is a device, of course, that leads itself, leads itself largely to farce, but the bulk of the show doesn't feel too farcical, which would have gotten annoying for my taste. I would have loved it. <laughs> I love a bit of farce. You love a bit of farce. I do. Yeah. Give me more. I just, I just, some farce just makes me think, I don't know, it feels, cheap's wrong and sounds, I don't know, elitist somehow. Because <laughs> it is. I just think I've seen more bad farces than good farces. Yeah, well, I guess it is just a taste thing because I feel like I've seen more good farces than bad farces. <laughs> you dirty farce hole. Ah! Oh! Farce hole. Farce hole. You take farce, you put hole on the end. <laughs> that's, that's good. That's Johnny's I, quick. I don't know oh! how it's useful in a sentence. Um, I, <laughs> I, I think I'd rather, because I'm not a fecal person, I think I'd rather you fall into a farce hole like you fall into a K-hole more so than you are a farce hole. Oh, so a farce hole is like when you're just so Im- 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 like full of the spirit of farce that you sort of go... Yeah, like if you K-hole. were... Yeah, if you were like at an Oscar Wilde marathon or if you had just watched... Like you binge-watched three seasons of Frasier, you'd be in a farce hole. Is Frasier very farce? It's pretty farcy. I guess it is. It's a lot of, like, misunderstandings and lies. Oh, it is very, like, you hide in this room and I'll hide in this room, Oh, Daphne's coming. <laughs> yes, true. <laughs> Have you seen Roz? <laughs> That's right. She and then lied the father to me. says something like, I'll never understand. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> My sons both seem gay to me. <laughs> that's, that's Fraser. That's Fraser. <laughs> I hardly know her. <laughs> uh, yeah. Fuck my fast hole. Sorry, yes. go on. <laughs> yeah, so... So this wasn't a very farcy show. Um, with farcy it was, elements. It was farcy. It was farcy. Is farcy a language in like a Star Trek? Farcy? Or, the, 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 or it's a real language? Uh, I'm actually not sure, but I know farcy is great. Here, I'm going to do some incredible farcy moves for you right now. Play me some music. That was really good, Thank you very much. Thank you. When we release the video of this, you'll see. There were so many characters in this goddamn play. 
It was really fantastic. Ugh. And large, like a, a large element of what Sebastiano and I were talking about after we saw the show was just like, because yeah, the show itself super fascinating, and we'll get into why it was fascinating. But it was like, yeah, over this three-hour stretch of time, you see this character kind of like falling apart and being forced to kind of explore the contents of their head. Because before the pill gets taken, you meet what feels like at least twenty people who are at this party. Oh, you mean in the in the story? In the yes, like, I thought you meant like in like the way the pill works. Uh, like before right. you meet, when you have this pill, you meet. Sure. No. Well, yeah, no. So it's like. Before the pill gets taken, before the pill gets announced, everyone starts turning up to this party that she's throwing to celebrate the pill. And so you meet so many people. How many is so many? Like about 20 people. Oh my god, two two actors. Two actors popping in and out. And yeah, introducing themselves, having backstories, having jokes, being very distinctly different people. And then after the pill gets taken, the the show continues and uh, the the sort of like identity, with them being played by these two, by by Clay and Jack, Mm it's then, like, they can end up, because of the way that it's affecting the protagonist's mind, can be playing characters that they no longer dressed as. Or they could be playing characters... Oh, yeah! ...that seem to be connected to other characters but aren't actually because of the way that the pill is affecting the protagonist's mind. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. And it's and that's what we... With it, obviously, being a piece that's about self actualization and reflecting on yourself and being in your brain and, and sort of kind of about the pharmaceutical industry, but like less so than it is about introspection, which mm. I prefer because I'm much more interested in seeing a piece of theatre about the mind than I am about pharmaceuticals, yeah. I think. <laughs> well, it could be an interesting play about pharmaceuticals. Oh, for sure, yeah. And this thing too, like, part of what I was thinking about during and afterwards was like, I was hunting a while for a, like a metaphor or like a specific message about, about pharmaceuticals, about parenthood, about mm. childhood, about all these things that the play could have been like an allegory for or an analogy for and I came out with nothing clean not the and but I also didn't feel like I needed it by the end because I'd enjoyed I'd enjoyed the experience and Sebastiano had much a similar thing too of like we enjoyed it largely because it reminded us both of things that we love about theater and theatricality in the first place sure you know like like, like, was, like well because it was it was so like efficient and Efficient in the way that it's like... Part of what was so mind-blowing about it was the fact that these actors had to hit, like, bullseyes over and over again. Right. Because you have, essentially... So you've got the one actor who's really pretty much on stage the entire time, mm. and she's standing there. So Sarah's there, having taken this pill, engaging with these characters that flop in and out of these doors constantly throughout the entire show. 20 plus. And even just, like... And, and you can kind of relax as an audience member, because you obviously don't have to do anything. But the moment you start thinking about what these actors have to be capable of to make this work, it's like, Sarah has to be able to stand there and watch these two other actors come in and out of these doors, getting completely changed Mm. in between coming out of these doors, them adopting the personas of these different characters that are coming in and out the entire time. Sarah has to be ready to deal with whoever comes out of the door and perform, and I guess it's just the essence of acting, but again, that points to why... It, it reminded Sebastian and I that we just were forced to reflect so much on what theatre is capable of and what is so impressive and magical about it sometimes. Yeah. It's like, they have to be fully aware, everyone that's on that stage has to be fully aware of who they currently are, who they are talking to, what relationship exists between them. Because mm. like, it's hard enough to even envision like performing a scene with a character that you have a complicated past with. Yeah. But to have to like rapid fire jump between all of those different realities every time a new person walks through that door... And to either be the person entering or to be the person th- who is being entered upon, 
you have to cycle through that at the rapidity that this play required these God, performers. That sounds amazing. It's that, and that's that's what it was startling because it was even they did it so efficiently and effectively. Sorry, they did it so efficiently and effectively that it was like you forgot that it was even difficult until. At least for me, it was like maybe halfway through the play where it's like, oh my God, how are they doing this? Yeah, wow. Because, yeah, nothing was ever dropped. The energy was constant. Mm. And it, they, they were all so certain about every element of every step that God, it that took. that does sound tricky. And especially if, as you say, they're sometimes not even dressed up as the characters they're going That's to the thing. be. That's the thing. Whenever it starts melting insane. and people start turning into different people, it's like, how are you all keeping track of this? It was really remarkable. Wow. Yeah. I love any time there is actors who are capable of playing multiple characters in one play, and they do it distinctly and well. Mm-hmm. And I, that's one of my favourite things to see in theatre, and to hear that these people can do it for like ten characters that fast. Yeah. That's very impressive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was marvellous. It was great. Yeah. And somehow Sarah too, she did that thing that like Jennifer Hudson did in Cats. <laughs> oh, yes. Do you, want to, do you want to guess what I'm referring to? Uh, let me have a think. Had a butthole? <laughs> Didn't all the cats in that have a butthole? <laughs> or were they edited it out? I, I want to see the version with the buttholes. Um, <laughs> did you, you're saying she didn't have a butthole. I'm actually not remarking upon really? any other sphincters. That's what, right. What's something any that... Any other sphincters. No, I just forget that we have multiple sphincters. What do you think that Sarah accomplished in this show that Jennifer Hudson also accomplished in Cats? A beautiful musical moment. What do you think was Jennifer Hudson's most beautiful musical moment in Cats? Didn't you, was Jennifer Hudson in Grisabella? You tell me. Memory. Ding, ding, ding! <laughs> Rolling through the street, singing memory. <laughs> she did do memory very well. Sarah did not sing memory. So, what are you trying to steer me to? I'm saying. <laughs> just tell me where I'm to sorry. go. I'm just saying. Tell me where to go. I'm just saying it's because it's the thing that whenever I think of Jennifer Hudson in Cats, the thing that I go to is the fact that somehow she was like crying for the entire thing. Oh, she was always crying! <laughs> like, leaking from everywhere on her face. Yeah, I was. We, we had a lot of wine before we watched that movie, so I don't remember much of it. <laughs> yeah, no, Jennifer, yeah, but nailed she was it. always crying, so... Yes. Crying. No, so I'm saying is. Sarah, in a much less... Revol- I found the, the amount to which Jennifer was leaking quite confronting. Stop saying leaking. So this, Sarah, somehow, with, of course, the journey that she has to go on, did the very impressive actory feat, and not to be like a 14-year-old who's like, oh my God, how did you cry? Crying yeah, is hard. Right. But yeah, Sarah was somehow in this very, like, this electric high-level emotionally charged state for so much of the show. Wow. But especially given the show, I, I think, was it like between like 90 minutes to like 110 minutes, somewhere around mm. there, to have been experiencing what looked like a very kind of like, I don't know, high heart ratey, emotionally draining, difficult, tightrope walky emotional state for, for the length of the show. It was just like... And to sustain that. And to, yeah, yeah, and to, for a lot of it, like, have tears in her eyes. To be like, to, to see the way oh, that the emotions were so tired holding onto her muscles. Yeah, yeah, no, it looked, yeah, it looked exhausting for everybody. But again, by the end, part of what was so impressive was like, they didn't look tuckered out. They looked Get like... Get that person a drink. <laughs> yeah. Is all I have to say. But yeah. That sounds great. It was fun. a really interesting premise as well. Yeah, yeah. I was really grateful to be there. Yes, and there was like, there were moments that normally, normally really frustrate me. There were like moments of like poetry, like almost like limericky poetry Mm. that were used to relay like backstory information um, and yeah, to sort of like hearken to elements of especially the character's childhood reality that were done through like rather non-specific poetic verse. And... Typically, especially in the midst of naturalism, I have no fucking patience <laughs> for, you know, like, whim- like uh, pointless floral whimsy. But with this, it worked because, like, even with the title, like, it's kind of about, you know, it's, it's a, a little bit. And again, not tremendously, like, not, not in the large sense of what the, the piece seems to be about or focusing on. But the idea of how you come to grips with 
who your parents are and what your parents do. Yeah. And from the very beginning stages of like developing a brain and seeing your parents being in front of you when you're small, that some of the way that that information is relayed to you is through the obscuration provided by not just your tiny child brain, but also the way in which adults choose to speak to you as a child. Yeah. Was something that was kind of present in the almost like the nursery rhymey way that this young woman and adult has retained some of her childhood awarenesses into her adulthood. Sure. It also sounds like it wouldn't be out of place because it is vaguely farcical. So it's not out of the question for things to not be naturalistic in that. Oh, sure. Position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds great. Yeah. It was good. It was fun. And it was one of those experiences where it's like, which I'm always grateful for, where you like see a piece of theatre and that piece of theatre makes you really want to just like go home and make a piece of theatre. Oh, wow. You know? Yeah, that's, that's, that's a real badge. Hello. Oh, oh, hi. Hi. Hello. Um, and also hello to you, our dear listeners. Welcome. Hello. Um, I went to 45 downstairs. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. That's a lie. There's a few more stairs. Did you count them? More than 45. I don't... Well, it's not called 45 Stairs. Yeah, but it's 45 Downstairs. Is it because it's 45 Flinders Lane? Yeah, okay. This is meant to be a funny bit. Well, get your maths right or something. 45 Downstairs. <laughs> something. Oh, oh, you know, straighten your tie. <laughs> pull, your, pull your socks up, boys. Yes. Um, <laughs> anywho. Did you count the stairs? No, I just knew there were more than 45. Oh, because you're just good at mentally knowing those things. Well, there were too many flights of stairs for there to be 45. Okay. So, moving on, I'm now questing myself... Um, I went with Flynn, my boyfriend. Yes. Um, we had pizza at home beforehand and then we left. So pre-show pizza was pre-show a real ritual for you. 100%. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Full of caprichosa, you yeah, wouldn't enjoy the drama? Yeah, out loud if I noticed. This time it was from Red Sparrow. It was vegan. It was delicious. I got a cheeseburger pizza from the Red Sparrow restaurant. If you've ever had that pizza, you know what I'm talking about. You Those really pickles are crisp. You just want a pizza oh, sponsorship so cheeseburger bad. Cheeseburger pizza so good. <laughs> so, presented by our Ben. What's on a cheeseburger pizza? Uh, like, well, it's vegan, so it's like fake meat mints, uh-huh. uh, f- uh, pickles, sliced up pickles, mm-hmm. uh, like a vegan cheese of some sort, um, what else? Onions. Like, it's all the, uh, the usual suspects in a burger. Uh-huh. But it's pizza fired. On a pizza. All right. Go yeah. on. Really a mustard, like a, like a mustard sauce. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so I went and saw... <laughs> and do you have more questions about No, go ahead. Uh, the Gospel According to Jesus, Queen of Heaven. Right. Uh, uh, presented by Ben Anderson and 45 Downstairs. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went along. Uh, this was at last midsummer, I think. This this is a re- remount. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it would it did very well last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's how an, does that work time wise? Was it was it live? I just can't remember how lockdowns worked back then. I'm actually not certain from uh, what they said about the show afterwards. I'm pretty sure it was live. Okay, cool. Um, but I, again, don't quote me on that. I'm not too sure. Great. Um, yeah, but it was written by Joe Clifford, mm-hmm. um, who has performed the show before, like, in the past. Okay. Um, so it's not a new work, but um, I th- I had what I think could be the closest thing to a religious experience I'll ever have. Oh, God, okay. During this show. Uh. Um, yeah, Kristen Smith is the lead actress. The, okay. Arguably the, 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 the performer in the show. Um, so, we, okay, let's uh, just... Sorry, let's, arguably the performer. Let's start okay. from the start. You'll see. We'll start from the start. Okay. Uh, so, we wander in. Yes. downstairs. <laughs> Hmm. Move. <laughs> so we walk in. Yes. Uh, sit on down. It's um, in the round. There's four, like, it's a rectangular sort of stage with, like, two large banks of seatings and two smaller banks of seats on, um, on each side. Okay. Um, and so we're all sitting there watching. And as we walk in, uh, there's four sort of seats, like four white plinths that people are sitting on on either side of the stage. Mm-hmm. There's four people sitting on those plinths. And in the... Um, 
uh, program and they call just they just called the choir mm-hmm. and uh, that's what they do for the show they sing mm-hmm. and they're sort of just harmonizing this beautiful sort of choral music um, uh, with their voices and nothing else and it's just it was very ethereal mm-hmm. like we walked like I just if I could have a choir of four people follow me around and underscore everything I say with this sort of music you'd be sure I'd do it because why? Because it's it gives gravitas, Jake. Okay. Like proper. So it would make you feel like the things you were doing were more important. Yes. Or it would 100%. make people around you take you more seriously. One hundred. Both those things. Both of those both things. Of, I definitely. So out comes Kristen Smith. Okay. Lights go out. Kristen Smith comes on. Lights go on. Ah. And she's wearing this beautiful blue sort of dress with this gorgeous bejeweled giant cape mm-hmm. over the top of it. Okay. Like she looks. Stunning. Mm-hmm. Um, and what the show turns out to be is sort of like parable after parable. It's The whole thing feels like a sermon being given to us by Kristen as Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's, it's sort of an interpretation of the story of Jesus of Christ and the things that he did. But if Jesus was a, a, a trans queer woman. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Which... I was immediately very excited for because Kristen has one of these voices. Speaking or singing? Speaking. speaking. Kristen didn't sing. Mm -hmm. Um, But the way that Kristen speaks is so, like, measured and every line feels... You can see the gears turning as as Jesus is sort of considering the next move. There's something about the actual, like, the, the sound of her voice that is just so soothing. It feels like you're being like wrapped up in a little blanket of Kristen's voice. Oh my god! Yeah. So and the, and the opening lines of the show are all very. It's all very biblically written. Like it sounds like words that Jesus would say. And so the whole thing starts, and Jesus starts talking to us about um, all these really cool points. Like in the Bible, I was taught Je- Jesus said to wait for the man with the water pitcher, and that's and then goes on to unpack the idea of like men don't hold water pitchers because that's woman's work. So, like, it sort of goes on to be, like, the disciples, there were 12 of them. There were however many were in the room at that time, and they were all my queer Marys. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, went forward and started off with some really sort of evidence, I suppose, to sort of support this idea of Jesus was a queer trans person, and all of Jesus' friends were queer as well. Mm-hmm. Um, in a way that sort of gave it enough um, concrete sort of f- evidence, concrete feeling evidence to sort of then go and be like, all right, I'm just going to let this happen and sort of just go with it. Sure, okay. Yeah, um, and then, yes, the show goes on and um, it is just sort of story after story. Now, throughout this play, Flynn and I noticed in front of us, everyone was having a, an emotional time. Yep. Um, uh, because some of, the, some of the words, some of the passages, like there was a parable about um, uh, the trans daughter that um, came, lived in the country farm and came out as a trans woman and was cast out by the family and had to scrape to get by and then comes back and has to apologise. But by that time, the father has missed her so much that he lets her in with open arms. And it's like stories are like this, one after the other, sort of told in really florid, beautiful detail, while this choir just sings and hums. Um, it felt very stripped back and like, yeah, like religious. Like mm. it felt very much like I was being taken through a sermon by Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah. Have you had a, have you had something you would consider a religious experience, Jake? Something you would consider 
makes you go, ooh, ah, there could be something more to this. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, my memory goes immediately to seeing Hellsong with Sebastiano. Oh, true. Yeah, yeah. Good shout. Yeah, I'd say that. Yeah, is my answer, I suppose. Yeah, because that sort of, yeah, had the grandeur of, yeah, satanic celebration mm. and really made me interrogate during and then afterwards with Sebastiano on the tram, especially. Yeah, like, yeah, letting our minds wander through alongside the musical and emotional dramatic journey that that sort of like rock opera-y yeah. theatrical concert experience God, every time dragged I us through. Show, it sounds amazing. Yeah. It's, no. funny, it's funny that you go for satanic and mine is Jesus. Mm. <laughs> what, what does that say about us? Oh my God. Oh my God, <laughs> we're so different. Yeah, like polar opposites. How oh do we God. make it work? Um, there was a... Re- so something I really loved about the show was the way that Krista was able to play this character um, as Jesus and sort of the way she sort of slinks around in this very recognisable older queer woman way Mm -hmm. it's it's this sort of i don't know it's camp it's very refined i'm I'm sort of doing it now in front of jake but everything is sort of like a bit slower and with more purpose Mm -hmm. and there were moments when she would come and sit on one side on the plinth where the um choir is she would come and sit next to one of the singers and sort of chat to them and chat to us behind her and chat to the audience and so it felt like she was just Jesus coming to sit with the disciples and having a yarn, Mm, you know? Sure. And there was something about that that felt very intimate and the way she would sort of turn around and look you in the eyes and talk to you directly. It, I I don't know, it just felt more than the sum of its parts, I think. Okay. Um, Which was really, really nice. So the whole time we're sitting there listening to these beautiful stories and reimaginings of, um, like, biblical stories. Mm. And there's a woman in front of us, in front of Flynn and I, who's really clearly being more moved than everyone else. Okay. She's... There's, there's tears, open weeping, um, and it turns out that, that was Joe Clifford who wrote the original piece. Wow, okay. Years and years ago. And um, yeah. it's been performed all over the world. Yeah. Um, and so she was there in the audience, and I'm not sure what combination... I'm not sure if she cries like this every time she sees it performed. Um, I mean, I imagine maybe I would, but it was something about being in the space there with... Right, right so close to Joe and... and and sort of feeling that emotion sort of just resonate from her mm. really got us. Mm-hmm. Like, the, I, I was fine until I sort of saw Joe crying and then it just got to me. Yeah. And I cried along with. Um, yeah, she and she got up for bows at the end as well with Kristen, which felt really, really lovely. I just, mm. yeah, I felt like that was worth mentioning. Yeah. Semi-unrelated. Great. <laughs> there was a really interesting story, and I want to tell, I want to hear what you think about it. Really... Interesting story about a production they did of this show in South America. How did you hear about this? This I heard from um, one of Flynn's friends who was who knew Kristen and the work quite well. Mm-hmm. Um, th- so they did a production of it in South America. I'm not too certain where. Um, one of the leading officials of the government came along and saw the show. And they have a very strong idea of Christianity and religion in this particular country. I can't remember which country it was. Mm. Um, and said, we can't do this show. Shut it down. We're not going to do it. Mm. So they shut it down, and they eventually they somehow got... Um, the production company got allowed to do the show at another theatre down the road. Mm-hmm. So from then on, every time they did the show, the audience gathered in front of the original theatre that they were going to do it at with candles, and then did a vigil down the street to the theatre where the show was going to actually be told. Oh. And they did that every night, even if they weren't going to be seeing the show, there were people that would go along and join this vigil to just sort of wander down the street with candles and sort of show the respect of, like, this story was rejected and is being taken here by us to still happen. Mm. And I don't know, I just thought that was such a beautiful story of 
how theatre can touch people and um, I, I'm not quite sure I just that story stuck with me I thought it was really interesting hmm. um, I don't think I've experienced anything like that happen here sure I just wonder what you thought of hearing that just those words into your ears <laughs> no that's great yeah no it's it's yeah I think well I think it's fun anytime theatre theater always being the political vessel that it is mm. when that overflows or is to an intensity or relevance or something that requires something outside of the theatrical boundaries to occur is exciting and can mm. oftentimes be so horrific as well, of course. Yeah. But yeah, there's something, anytime that it does happen, wherever it happens, it's it's fun and enlivening to be reminded of the potential power of it. Yeah. Um, but again, so much bloodshed is tied to that truth as well. Yes. Um, but yeah, but it, yeah, <laughs> if we're going to think more in the ilk of the style of protest that you just described, like one that's relatively like quite peaceful, mm and uniting that's super beautiful and yeah. i think to even like take it out of that like rather sentimental lens like to think about the responsibility behind i think it's just super fascinating to think that like the way that particular theaters are run the style of responsibility that the theaters believe that they have yeah um and i think it's i don't know to me much more fascinating to think outside of the economics of running a theater and subscriber bases and all that nonsense but to think more in the belief of a theatre potentially having like a moral code that they're for whatever reason feeling the need to abide Which by. the first one clearly was. It's yeah. fascinating. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just super interesting. It's, and too, in, in the way that it forces you to, I don't know, it's, the, the meetings that must exist and the, the conversations that must take place and the way that the artist must be made to feel when it comes down to a theatre telling a bunch of artists that the show that you're trying to put on doesn't align with some sort of value system and we mm. can no longer support you and we can't tell your story here. It's just like a cool element of especially independent theatre and stuff that yeah. is really fascinating. And it's not something that I think we ha- we experience a lot here in terms of like censorship, I mean. Like it's not something we Yes, really well certainly less so than, than so many places, yeah. for sure. Yeah. I was just imagining that happening must have been so crushing at first. Well, certainly crushing would be part of it, but then too, yeah, the, the feeling, even before you felt that maybe like community response from mm. it too, th- 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 there must be something in feeling like th- you're, you're definitely doing something with your art, you know? Yeah, oh God. If people yeah. are trying to stop you, something's happening. Yeah. Um, I, I wonder what, what Joe's experience and thoughts were. I'd, I'd really be curious to hear. Yeah. Um, yeah. To my mind, I don't know, one example that I've experienced of that myself was when we which was quite a positive and quite a small story. <laughs> but we were putting on... Um, it was the first production... You were there, of course. It was like the first production of Hallandale, like the Hallandale New Free Calendar. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. When we did that for the very first time. Mm. And during the run of that show, an audience member left during one of the performances. Mm. And then, yeah, I think it was like towards the end of Act 1 of the Hallandale New Footy Calendar. And then left, didn't come back. And then that night, presumably it seems to have like gone home and then sent an email to the... The, like the Maribyrnong City Council who were like supporting the production yeah. and yeah complained about the show complained that, th- that they didn't agree with the subject matter that they were quite distressed by it and hmm. that they oh, that's right. and also that they were upset that nobody like escorted them out or followed them out to make sure that they were okay and it's like sure f- feel that way about yeah. attending theatre if you want to but it was really wonderful to then have the next day we got an email from the council being like this has occurred these points were raised by this person. We fully support you and your production. Mm. Um, uh, we think what you're doing is like important and interesting and great. And 
and then it was just a matter of like, okay, maybe we need to make like content warnings more visible or something and negotiating that. But it was so nice to have like the support of the Maribyrnong City Council who continues to do really cool work and support really great art. Um, it is good they replied so quickly as well. Oh my god, so good! Yeah, 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 and and yeah, and the way that it was, it was really nice to feel that support from like a you know a, a council. <laughs> you yeah, whereas in this story here, it sounds much more the opposite. They've got support from the people, but not the council over there. Sure, or at least from what I understand of the story, like at least of the theatre doesn't seem to be whoever was telling the theatre not to stage the work. Yeah, it seems to have some sort of sway. Again, mm. I only got the cliff notes. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've forgotten that happened with Helen Dale. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, all the, the content warnings were just made clearer. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've got to get out of the way. The singing was beautiful. Great. Oh, my God. So the choir, we had Willow Sizer, Mel O'Brien, Alexandra Amorides, and Andre Sasalu. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they had this interesting little um, uh, uh, tuning fork. Yep. Like, each of them had... It didn't look like a tuning fork, though. It was like a fork with, like, a bell in the middle of it. Okay. Do you know anything about that? What's a fork with a bell in the middle? I don't know. That's what it looked like, though. But they'd have it, they sort of pull it out, one of them would listen to it, mm-hmm. and then start the... And everyone would sort of just join in from that. Okay. Um, and Willow Sizer is someone that I just... you They're off to the side, have a little sang, but their, their body just gets filled with the music. They're the sort of person whose arms sort of flow with the rhythm and then they, they, they sway with it mm-hmm. um, and not everyone was doing that so it wasn't a direction but mm-hmm. it was just someone that so clearly is in it for the music and mm-hmm. I just think that's always so beautiful to yeah, see no. oh. um, yeah so shout out to Willow um, of course everyone else's voices were gorgeous mm-hmm. well done um, <laughs> I wish I could sing um, that's where you sing you can sing you. <laughs> Jesus uh, so yeah <laughs> He's done a full cabaret. You know you can sing. Yeah, I like hearing it. Um, <laughs> sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the bit that really moved me. Um, so the whole show goes on, and as I said, is is parables and, and stories from Jesus about their queer life. Mm. Uh, but it ends, one of, the, one of the major bits it ends with is Jesus blessing all, all of these different people. And, and she sort of goes around the room and sort of looks at us all and says, um, I wish I could remember the sort of people they were blessing. Like, bless the the homophobe for they don't understand. It would sort of be the classic thing of bless the sinner because they don't know what they do. But instead of it being the sinner, bless the gay, bless the thing, it's bless all the people that we see as people who are morally wrong and mm. morally invalid and sort of forgiving them all for, for not seeing the light and forgiving them all for being angry because they're scared and it went on and on and on and she just blessed so many people um and i just found myself welling up with tears mm-hmm. because it was just some of the things she was saying it's like we really are so horrible to each other mm. like the human race yeah and if this if Kristen and joe who wrote the show if these two queer uh, trans people can write and perform in this show that is such a love letter to the world Mm. Um, it really was just a moment of yeah this really is what it takes to be the bigger person and stop the cycle of of, I don't know aggression and anger Mm. Um, and it just felt like a very powerful moment because there could have been so easily so much anger that, that would have been in these people's lives that could have gone into this work but none of it's there there's no which I find refreshing because so I'm so often to seeing 
queer works like this be angry, which is very fair and justified. Yeah. Um, but to see it done like this, I thought was even more, more powerful and really, really made me cry. Sure. Mm. That's so nice that that attitude can resonate with you. That's lovely. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad that I'm not sh- sh- shriveled and calloused up with fear and hate. Mm. Um, which is very, yeah. 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 Um, That's lovely. Yeah, because I feel like I certainly would have been more calloused and hateful hearing that type of, like, very wise, beautiful piece. Yeah, I don't I don't necessarily think you would have had the sort of patience for the work. Like, <laughs> like no, maybe, I, maybe, I don't Maybe mean. just, I just don't, I, I, it sounds like I'd certainly have the patience yeah. for the work. I think maybe just that attitude, like, that, that kind, generous beatitudes, I think I would absolutely love the, even hearing you say it, I love the sentiments. Sentiment. Yep, and those thoughts and that, that, that Christian... Jesus-y wholeheartedness and compassion and mm. generous tranquility and all that stuff. It almost made more sense coming out of the mouth of a queer person. Sure. Like, which, which was quite interesting. Mm. Like, it sounded like not much of it was altered. Like, not much of the uh, actual biblical sort of um, dialogue was changed, but it just sounded more authentic. Mm. And maybe that's just because I trust queer people implicitly. Yeah, that's great. Mm, who knows? Maybe that's the solution to the Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor dream code. Make problem. them all queer? Maybe. <laughs> that was part of what I was thinking about how to solve this musical. How do we get, you know, obviously get rid of all these children and how do we make yeah. it <laughs> much more watchable? Yeah. And yeah, making it gayer, making it hotter. Like, these are the solutions that I came up with. Because yeah, no, as this show sounds like... So what like you're a- saying is when in doubt, make things gay and sexy. Because <laughs> I agree. That, well, James, that is the thing that is absolutely for a little while was a huge trend, especially in Melbourne, with the work that was coming out. Yes, and still is. And I don't have a problem with it, but it's nice to hear you describe it as you just did jokingly. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, it's like we went through a similar phase with campness. I feel like in like the mid-2000, like 2000 to 2010, a solution to so many things was like, what if we just add like a glitter explosion and we make everything fluorescent? <laughs> yeah, you see, I'm into that. Yes, but sure, yeah. It's like, and some people have a lot of patience for campness. Mm. I, for some reason, am too jaded to enjoy it. So, oh, well, there you go. You jaded? No, me, no. Uh, <laughs> one thing I will also say: um, Harry Hogan was a lighting assistant on this show. Oh, what a goddess! What a goddess! Ah, uh, shout out to the, to the work done. Um, <laughs> hold on. What? What are you? Uh, what are you doing? Well, I just wanted. To, Katie Stefkidis was the lighting designer. Cool. So I just wanted to say because the lighting was impeccable. Great. Um, and just a lot of. What is the word I'm looking for? Gobo. Are you looking for the word gobo? I don't know the meaning of the word. <laughs> no, like um, tableau. There were a lot of tableau tableaus in this show that were very like. It was a very tableau show. It was a tableau show. Okay. Um, but no gobo. What is a gobo? A gobo was a no no. A gobo is like you uh, sort of like cut out sort of like a stencil shape from a sort of metal disc or a metal piece of metal, <laughs> and then okay. you slot it into the front of a light. Oh no, no gobos. No, no gobos. No, no, no gobos. No, 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 no gobo. No, it's a shame. It is a shame. I wish, hey, Harry, more gobos. <laughs> so Harry Hogan. Harry, to Harry Hogan, you are directly saying, you need to put more gobos. More gobos. I've only just learned what they are, but I want more of them. <laughs> I'm sure she'll appreciate that feedback. Thank you very much. Yeah. It. It's a new chapter in her career, I'm sure. Anywho, I'm Christian now, so that's my story. Oh, you're Christian? Yeah. Wow, decided. you really snuck that at the, like, you know, the end. Right at the end. Really? They won you over. They won me over, I believe, in Jesus now. You're pro-pope. I'm pro-pope. I think the pope uh, should be treated as a sinner, Oh, but we should love him for it. Okay. That's what he said about gays recently, Jake. <laughs> yeah, but I don't, I, don't, I don't think that's the Christian take on popes. My take on popes. Oh. It's my take on popes. My Christian take on popes. Okay. Hello. Oh my god. 
I, I want to know that that was James's voice and not mine. I could never send that horrible. I didn't say anything. What are you talking yeah, about? Oh my god. <laughs> Thank God they will never know. Um, um I went <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful uh, voice. <laughs> I went I went to Theatre Works with beautiful like beautiful British Johnny. Yeah, went I'm to Theatre Works. Yeah, you right. yeah, you are aware. You always say that like I don't know who he is. No, that's just that's just my speaking voice. Oh uh, yes, it is confusing. So yes, went to Theatre Works, was sitting in the foyer waiting for him to arrive, reading my Rob Mills book. Perfect literature. Book in the book in the book in the auditorium. Book in the book in the book. And I, yes, reading. Yes, I was reading in the foyer. What else am I supposed to do? I just think it's so nerdy. No. So I was sitting there. Henry Kelly approaches. Saw Henry oh. Kelly. Spoke to Henry Kelly. Sat Lovely. next to Henry Kelly in the show. How was Henry? Henry's great. Great. Johnny arrived afterwards. The three of us sat together. So we walk inside. We're there to see promiscuous cities, reminding you that there is a slash between promiscuous and cities. So it's not promiscuities. No. I mean, that would have saved them time. <laughs> no. That's right. Promiscuous cities. I don't think it's any sort of wordplay. I didn't even think of that possibility. It sounds like promiscuities, which isn't a word. No. So I guess it can't be wordplay. No. <laughs> it is. It's lazy. Yes. At best. <laughs> so the three of us walk inside to the theatre. We go it sounds inside. Sounds like an um, ancient Greek scholar who was a bit of a slut. Promiscuities? Promiscuous. It feels like there are too many syllables. I'm promiscuous. I guess promiscuities. Promiscuities. Be... Yeah, it would be. Mm. Promiscuous cities. Yes. So you walked in. <laughs> yes. Uh, walked in, went inside, and it, it was like set up in the round. Like the, the like playing space was a big hexagon. Oh, great. Yeah. And we were like, <laughs> just sit okay. outside of it. Um, yeah. And so we sat on like, you walk into theatre works, and then we sat in the back left corner in the front row of that clomping of seat each. Okay. <laughs> great. Just so you know where we were sitting. That's no, good to know. Yes. Guess more. what there was, James? If you tell me there was a preset, I'm going to fucking shit myself. Oh, you're going to shit yourself. Oh, God. I did it. It's happened. Oh God! So, right. Yeah. So there's a performer sitting in the middle of the, in the like the playing space. Oh yeah. Doing what? It's just sitting there. Oh, uh, it's not much of a preset, is it? <laughs> That's all it took for music. Remember music by Jane Bodie? True. Yes. Was That's one guy just sitting there. Just one guy just sitting there, sitting on a couch. That's technically a preset. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Went inside and then so oh so we need to do like a bunch of full disclosures because I knew like a handful of this gigantic cast. The show started and like the whole city of Melbourne came out. <laughs> Um, but yes, anyway, so full disclososure, I am pals with Taylor Abbott, and then also pals with Hugo Gutteridge, James Ironside, um, and Kurt Pimblett. They were all in it, and they are people. Jake was just holding his hand up like he was, like, like swearing over the Bible. I just, I don't know, you know when you, I don't know, I needed... You never know who's watching. I needed to know where my other arm was so that I could use my other arm to look at this list. And That's I, normal. I needed to know where both of my hands were. Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> you do hear yourself, right? I do, and okay. I hate it. Right. <laughs> um, bees. Yes. So, promiscuous cities, that there's a slash in the middle. The it's So, it's like about... It's set in San Francisco. Some people have relevant accents, some do not. Yeah. Why are you laughing? No, I think it's funny when accents are mentioned. I always love an accent. Sure. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Okay. Um, yeah. And then, it's like... So, it's kind of like dribby-drabby in terms of the way that kind of like everyone in the show has like a storyline to themselves. They kind of get to be one character consistently and then also participate in other people's stories as other people. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like, what I sort of decided it was maybe like midway through, is like, it's kind of like Valentine's Day if everyone was just like kind of miserable. Is Valentine's Day a show? James, <laughs> the movie Valentine's Day? I don't know it. You don't know the movie. You know I don't know these things. Why I, are you always surprised? My assumption is that everyone knows what Valentine's Day is well, and has seen it. No. And then most people know that New Year's Eve also happened and only a third of those people saw that. I don't know either of those things. And then no one saw Mother's Day. 
That's a movie? And Julia Roberts has a wig in it. Ooh! Yeah. <laughs> that's bringing me around. Uh, so, do I need to know what Valentine's Day is for this? <laughs> you don't need to know. No. Maybe to participate in society correctly, you should know what Valentine's Day is. Well, then it's call like, me a black sheep. I will. It's just like a big ensemble cast of celebrities and all their stories kind of like weave together and some of them don't though and they just kind of like all happen because it's Valentine's Day. So they're doing a love actually. There's more of them than that. But it's... Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yes. And it's less like with love actually there's slightly more time for things to sort of like balloon out and develop and be larger whereas like Valentine's Day everything's a bit more grippy grabby. Okay. I love a groupie grab. You know? Yep. I'm on board. <laughs> yeah. So it was groupie grabby. And so it sort of starts because um, I was re-reminded again. And the last time I was reminded of this, it was also at TheatreWorks when I was seeing Caligula. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, if the opening scene is a bunch of people saying really short sentences at each other, I can't retain anything. Yes. <laughs> yes. Memory is bad. And I it's not it's not even just my memory. I'm just caught up in like the ping pong. Who are you? Who are you? Just, Who are you? <laughs> just ir- irrespective of the content. And it's always yeah. crucial content. Yes. <laughs> but all I can do is like, oh god, what? <laughs> ah, ah, ah. <laughs> right. Right, so you're, yeah. lim- you're limping along. So I'm trying my best. And yeah, taking in all the costumes and the faces and recognising my pals. And, it's and like, trying to be like, which ones of you do I need to remember? It's a little bit, but then also just like trying to be, I, I'm like hearing the words, but none of them are getting past my ear canal. It's right. <laughs> but it is like, we're in San Francisco. It's a weird day. What's going on? I'm over here. I'm on a bus. It's like, I, sorry, everyone. Singing or saying? Saying, just well, saying that, things. Just, just saying. Just saying things. And then, yeah, and so that sort of happens. They tell a bunch of crucial information that I miss all of. And then... <laughs> And then in the center of like the preset person starts dancing. And so she's revealed to kind of be like this sort of like homeless woman, (laughs) I think. (laughs) This sort of like dancing in the street and no one's really like sort of like paying her real attention, but she kind of... Classic. You know, but it seems to by the end certainly has this kind of like magical post-technology wisdom or something about the human experience and about society and the importance of community. So a lot, lot of things for one person to shoulder. It's a bunch of stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, and so th- throughout the whole thing, everyone kind of like gets little stories to do, much like Valentine's Day. Throughout the whole thing, there's a lot of like, which is a thing that I'm aware that I need to get used to in terms of watching current day um, like stories about love and connection. Mm. Like it was full of like references to like Grinder, references to like Tinder. Like there's a lot of like, there's a lot of like. Like, like, swipe left, swipe right, like, like, Facebook status. <laughs> it's a lot of... In the text that they're saying? Yeah. Or, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's like, So, yeah, that's just Modern. a thing. It's a thing that I have, like, since it began... It's a similar thing. It's like, I feel like a lot of people have explained to me how much they resent seeing, like, text bubbles during TV shows when they have to try to relay text oh, messages that people are receiving. Sure, I don't mind that. That's good. Yeah, it seems like it's a thing that we're going to have to get around in terms of ingesting modern-day tales of romance. Yeah, I guess if we're going to have people with phones. I suppose so. Yeah. Yeah, no, so that was just like an element of it to keep in your goddamn mind. Um, One of the stories, Guy Nola is like sprung by his sort of like long-term girlfriend wife as being a furry. Oh, I'm interested. I thought, that's why I sort of told you that story first. Yeah, it's my curiosity, go on. <laughs> Um, yeah. And so, yeah, they kind of have this moment of like, I thought you stopped doing this. And he's like, nope, <laughs> I'm going to a furry party. Yeah. So that's what you don't see done on stage often. What do you think about the furry community, James? Oh, <laughs> um, what do I think about the furry community? I personally, myself, don't want to engage with it. Um, <laughs> I don't. I right. I'm not interested in it. I don't care about it. And I, it's not my thing. You don't care about it. 
No, it has no effect on my life. Okay, sure. And I, it's not my thing. It's not something I would enjoy. I think, good for you. Do it. Go to town. Okay. That's my thoughts on the furry community. I wonder what... And this is going to sound... Hmm. But I wonder what children who see furries at pride, parade, pride parades would think. Like, I wonder... I'm not saying they would think, like, oh, I'm going to become a furry and be weird. That's not what I think. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering... Because you did just confess to now being Catholic. It makes sense that you yes. suddenly have these conservative ideas. Oh, yeah, yeah. Put them all <laughs> to the torch, I think. No, I just think... I do wonder, like... I think there's an interesting li- line, like, crossover between where it's, like, public pride events and things like that. And, yeah. like, there's always been the sort of question of, like, at the family events, what, 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 sh- what should be the lines? Where do you draw the lines? And I wonder what young children would think and be told about the fur community furry mm. community. Sure. That's that's my only sort of I don't know even what that is, but that's something that I wonder about. Okay. In, in a way no like in a way that you're like open to that as a social predicament or you think it's not worth the risk? Oh I am open to it. If you if you want to communicate with your children and say this is what that is and mm. this is what they're in what not what they're into, but like this is what, what happens, um, then I think it should be fine. But I just know there will be so many people being like Oh, don't look at them, or don't, don't ignore them. And it's like, what is that going to teach children? Mm-hmm. You know, um, why? What do you think about the furry community? No, I just think it's great. It's cool. Like, I think it's like mm. interesting that it even exists. Yeah. In the way that it's like, in the way that furriness, it seems as if like it can't have been. Oh, no, that's the thing. I'm excited just because I'm still like forming an opinion about it because it's like to me, at least in my understanding of the world, it's relatively new in terms of being a thing that I even know exists and therefore I have to digest. Jake's an enormous prude. <laughs> No, I think it's great. I think that because it's like a thing that stems presumably from something like quite human, because mm. it's like if it's going to be tied to sex and sensuality, there's that it must be rooted somewhere in the human experience, mm. which is cool. And for it to be such like a whimsical, goofy, mascotty, yeah, the, yeah, enterprise, mm. I think it's just kind of cool. Yeah. And and there are things about my understanding of it that I super get, and that I think is. For that reason. It's mm. just like, oh yeah. I, I super support people finding a community they feel comfortable with. Sure. I think that's great. Mm. Yeah. Especially, especially one that's so like, yeah, charming. And <laughs> I know that it's a lot of like hardcore sex stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of yiffing. But it's like, it is, it's goofy. Yeah. And I think, at least my understanding of part of what the appeal is, is like you can be quite sexual while still being quite like safe and reserved. And I know that a lot of like neurodivergent people are attracted to that type of sexual undertaking as well. So it's like, it's mm. great that they have that. Yeah. And I certainly like understand why that's enjoyable for people because like it's a version of sex that has d- different bells and whistles and lacks some of the things that can make it kind of like anxiety producing for some people. Sure. I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah. Mm. Did they really go that deep into it in the show? No, no. And honestly, I wish they hit that. Well, I wish they had, but that's more to do with my curiosity. Yeah, yeah. So, someone <laughs> yeah. write a furry show for Jake to come. And Could see. you please? Yeah, do it. Oh my god, yeah. And Guy Nola can be in it. He's great. Great. <laughs> yeah. So he's now your go-to furry actor. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I just want to point out that Andrico Bothar was really fantastic in the way of like. I loved his like comic timing and his presence on stage. I just thought it was very warm. And I know that just saying that as a sentence means nothing to anyone except me and, and Enrico. But no, it's <laughs> nice to say. Credit um, where credit's due, Jake. <laughs> sure. Um, I want to say that something that stuck out to me as one of my like favourite like, stories and journeys that we went on in the show um, was between... Let me just make sure that I get their names right because these are both total strangers to me. La, la, la. Um, <laughs> no, I've got la, their names la, la. here. Um, so Mila Anik and Oliver Tapp kind of like they start off on a, like a first date together 
And it's just very, it's, I'm just a very simple person, but I just enjoyed watching these two like adorable, sweet dudes just kind of like, yeah, meet each other, get oh. to know each other, sort of sit there in a restaurant and uh, yeah, just like realize that they're kind of both fantastic. Oh, and watching that sort of scene play out with two actors that like have chemistry and are good is mm. magical. Oh my God. Oh my God. There's something about it. If it's done right, that's always so fun to watch. Yeah. Oh and it was, God. yeah. And it was like, it, it was like, yeah, it, it was like, <laughs> I liked it, like the scenes so much, and it was also nice to find a sort of like soft, gentle, lovely scene like that in this sea of otherwise quite like somehow the rest of it felt very like frantic and almost like I was like in a traffic jam or something. Oh but God. then these scenes would pop out and be just very like sort of like rose colored and lovely, and so yeah, nice. and the two of them were just like so like delicate and kind, and oh. it was just like that was really really lovely. Um, yeah, and then but but then by the by, by the end of their tale, there was kind of like some murk and some interesting and like a little bit of like edge to it, which was, yeah, great. It was a that was a neat little journey to go on, and and Oliver Tapp as well, like the guy in those scenes, I really enjoyed. There were like there was one like quite lengthy sort of like song and dance number portion, um, and of course a bunch of scenes where people were kind of playing like backgroundy characters and things, and I just mm. always found him to be a very reliable source of like hyper commitment and delightful charisma oh yeah and yeah I just thought that he was like a really really delightful person to be watching on the stage which is like always great like it's really really fun I think to have the, anytime you have these like big ensemble numbers and it's something that especially like community productions of musicals is really good at as we both experienced yes finding someone that you just find to be just marvellous especially if it's someone that maybe only has like two lines at most yeah. <laughs> that you just realise oh my god I love a good extra yeah I are you the love... best performer I've ever seen yeah <laughs> yes. give you all all the lines. Yes. Yep. <laughs> like, yeah. I want to see a one-man show with you. Yes. Uh, oh my God. That's that is one of like the fantasies about being really rich one day. Yeah. Is getting to go to these shows, seeing someone like an Oliver, seeing like an anybody, mm. and being like, "You're fantastic," and I worry that not enough people know yet that you're incredible oh. and so I'm gonna pick you up <laughs> pay for a whole show for pay you. for a whole show just be like what do you want to do <laughs> you want pyrotechnics let's do it I want pyrotechnics yeah yeah that would so, be nice yeah anytime you get to feel like that at the theatre it has to be rich in general really. oh my god yeah um, there was uh, James so like <laughs> Sorry, so James Ironside is a person that I only know through working at an adjacent department at a workplace that we used to work at together. Oh. <laughs> and, yeah, in person, I didn't know that he was an actor, and then, like, just realized, while getting to know him very briefly during our, like, handfuls of conversations together, was like, oh, what an enchanting man! And then he just ended up being in this, like, when this, like, swarm of actors emerged to be an ensemble in this cast. Do I know James Ironside? I'll hold up his headshot in front of you right now. But no, I don't recognise him. <laughs> Go on. He's wonderful. He's like, yeah, I didn't know that he was an actor until I saw him suddenly act acting in front of me. That's <laughs> yeah. a good way to be told. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm glad I finally found that news yeah. out. Yeah. And he was just so fantastic. He was like all the things that I like about him as a person, but like, you know, turned into a wonderful theatrical performance. God, that's nice when that translates. Yeah. Mm. It was so nice. It's, I don't know, somehow it feels like when you, I don't know, am I making up a thing that never happens to anybody? When you walk in like a friend of yours singing alone in their house and you're like, you should be in A Star Is Born. <laughs> oh, 100%. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. You know that common thing? My mind is lazily going to when they discover Bunny Gumble singing, like, singing on the floor of the bathroom at Moe's and then they make you no, one no, of the no. B-sharps. Your first thought should be when Mr. Shoe walks in on, um, what's his name, in the shower. Oh, the late Corey Monty. And sort of stares at his penis and says, you can sing. Yes, I assume. When that pedophile talent yes. scouts that dead guy. <laughs> it was you who told me he was originally going to be a meth. Oh, yeah, that came out because of that, like, super unnecessary Kevin McHale, Jenna Ushkowitz Glee podcast. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think that's an interesting fact. That Will Schuster was going to be addicted to meth. Yeah. Yes. Makes more sense why he's sneaking into the bathroom and staring at students. <laughs> but I don't, I 
don't think I think by the time they started filming the pilot I don't think he was still meant to be on meth I don't think it was like I choose to believe that he was played as if he was secretly on meth the whole time it would be interesting if that were the only thing that changed you know like like the idea of like how late in the game could they have been planning to spring a meth addiction on us I think much later than we think it makes more sense that he like that Will Schuster would buy his wife's fake pregnancy for as long as he did yes yeah, that's actually a really good point because he'd be too, too, uh, too, um, riding that magic dragon. Is that what myth people do? They ride a dragon as well? As, 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 dragons, heroin, right? I think, I, I actually, I'm not sure. That does sound right. Um, so I was just like, while I was watching and now reflecting upon the show. Yes, as we I'm, do. <laughs> I was wondering, so like, me being a fan of Valentine's Day, the film, not necessarily the day, and having seen Promiscuous Slash Cities... If you were like, let's say it's a play, you're in something, you're, let's say you're in the sequel to Promiscuous Cities. Okay. And so it's like, it's well lit. It's a big ensemble. You're yep. one of like 12 people in this show. Yep. It's set in Melbourne. It's like hustle. And there's bustle. Everyone has like a unique but sort of unified costume. Mm-hmm. There's like all the characters and sort of social classes and all that nonsense that you'd think represented in this little ensemble. Mm-hmm. If you were to be in this show for two weeks and throughout the rehearsal process also... What character would you be most interested in playing That's in this a good question. fictional, promiscuous, slash city-style city-stage thing? Okay, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking along the lines of, I know, for example, there was like a furry in that in, in it. Yes. So I'm, I'm thinking I'm, I can go pretty far with this one. Do you have an immediate answer? No, I'm, you, okay. it sounds like you're ramping up to your answer. No, I'm trying to figure it out. I think I would probably be someone that identifies as like, like a different species. Okay. Like I'd be like... I'm actually a wolf. Okay. You know, I'd be I'd be one of those people. Okay. And sort of seeing them in a day-to-day situation just going through their life could be kind of interesting. Okay. Like someone that or maybe even someone that like believes they're a vampire. Okay. Like that sort of thing. Okay. And seeing them go through day-to-day life because you would just have to go through day-to-day life pretending you're a vampire. Well, it would probably be more like night-to-night life. Right? I suppose so. Yeah. Nightlife's pretty good for a vampire. <laughs> um, I think that's what I would do. What would you enjoy about that? I think just sort of like, the, I think first of all, it's kind of funny. Uh-huh. If you see someone who thinks they're a vampire. Why is that funny? You don't take them seriously? No. Okay. Absolutely <laughs> not. Because they're not. Sure. Ah, I said it. Um, <laughs> but you have to try to find, I imagine, I don't know what your process is like, but you'd have to find some sort of empathy and compassion for this character you'd be well, playing. Well, that's right. That's what I think would be interesting. Because you would struggle to find any concern for this. You no, I think I'd be, I'd be, I'd find it interesting to see what the. I'm assuming I'm not writing this. Show. No, you're not. So I'd be interested <laughs> to see what the writers come up with in terms of making this character a sympathetic character. Okay. You know, someone we can actually sort of relate to and be on their side. And you think you could come around to being on their side? Oh, 100 percent. If it's written right, yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's what writing is. And maybe. What do you think? Well, is that what acting is? Can you? Are you able to get? <laughs> Are you able to guess at the the door you would walk through in order to get to a place where you could be compassionate towards the vampire person you're playing? What's your way in? I guess I would probably have to go with something really along the lines of like, well, there are people that... like I, I think I would just need to sit myself down and basically sort of think through the idea of there are people throughout history who have hated gay people and never understood them. And I would hate to feel that way as a vampire person. Okay. So I think I would literally just have to have to have empathy. Right. Which is not something I'm For terrific the first at. Time. Yes. <laughs> what about you? What character are you doing? I'm a vampire. You're a vampire. Okay. <laughs> um, 
I don't know. I'm just thinking of like the stories that I enjoyed from this production. Mm. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed Taylor was <laughs> looking forward to and sort of dreading going to her high school reunion. Like she's she's just like a fun performer to watch. But yeah, she did that really, really well. And, and yeah, again, James, I enjoyed him being like a Mormon guy traipsing across the city trying to locate a guy that he sort of had like a vaguely gay romantic childhood experience God, of friendship with. told me all this before I had to come up with my one. What That's do you great... mean? Like, you, you, you've lived a life up until this point. No. No? <laughs> no, absolutely not. Um, I don't know. I'm always drawn to those things that are like largely about longing. I'm not sure. I think, yeah, someone that's just like angry and yearning. I don't know, maybe that isn't creative. <laughs> Given that that's, doesn't sound it. That's just a Thursday in the life of this idiot called So Social character, what would you be? <laughs> come on, pining. Um, pi- oh, I, I guess maybe I'd like to try being someone that I'm not really. Like maybe if I was just like a, like a, like a, like a, cold, oh, you know what I'd enjoy? Being like a cold, wealthy, like, mm. Like someone that maybe like developed an app or something and they're just like really, really like rich and out of touch and maybe like jaded and like sort of like done with attempting to have love be any part of their existence or something. Yeah. And then have someone else for a change <laughs> come in to my, my busy promiscuous city's life and like try to like romantically insist me back into love. Oh, that you would know? be nice. Like being yeah. seduced by not some sort of like manic pixie dream man, but like... I don't know. Be be like warmly coerced into a romantic entanglement. Yeah, that sounds like a nice story. Could be fun. What about a? Uh, <laughs> do you care to be seduced by a little vampire? Seduced by a vampire? You are not fictionally seducing me. Too late. I've already done it. <laughs> it's happened. We're, we're, but we're, I guess we're this... kissing on stage now. <laughs> <laughs> but that is, I guess, how that relationship would begin. You'd be like, "Want the love of vampire?" <laughs> And I'd be like, no, I'm too rich. <laughs> and then I'd be like, I'll get you. Don't do worry. And then I'll walk away and there'll be a twinkle in your eye. Mm. Just ever so slightly. Who was that mysterious vampire man? My name is Vlad. <laughs> I'd call. Yes, and then we'd get cut off by some sort of musical interlude and then an Uber driver would enter. <laughs> and start the next scene. Yes. Yeah. Okay, well, see you at Great. the rehearsal. There we go. <laughs> I'll practice talking with my fangs. Yes. Oh my God. Yes, like Wesley's Dracula. Yes! yes! <laughs> I'll bring back... Wesley, do it again. Do it again! I want to see it. I want to bring some friends. Come on, Wes. Well, midsummery begun. Yes! The midsummations have commenced. I feel midsummery... It's, it's such a midsummery day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you like that one? Sure. Yes. Um, great. Well, we're going to do this more. We're going to talk about more midsummer shows and things that we see. Yes. Um, so tune in. Indeed. Um, yeah, and we still have a couple of free nights, so if we haven't been in contact yet, and if you haven't contacted us, we are still Reach open out. to, like, yeah, any last-minute midsummer invitations, you're welcome to slap us with them. Otherwise, yeah, we have a bunch of stuff that we're really excited to see, so it's shaping up to be a cool little midsummer. Yeah, I'm quite excited to continue on with it. That's good. Fucking hell. <laughs> no, that's um, good. <laughs> we may already disagree disagree with things that we've said in this episode. We mm-hmm. are human beings and our opinions change. <laughs> As they should. As they shouldn't yes. do. <laughs> um, and yeah, you should read Rob Mills' book. And also, friends don't let friends become theatre critics. They don't. No. And they also do read Rob Mills' book. Yes. <laughs> or don't. Do. And I will just rant to you about it if you ever ask. That's my experience. <laughs> <I've>, <laughs> yes, I'm pretty burdensome with my passion. <laughs> God, your love is annoying. Um, <laughs> well, uh, yep, yeah, See you soon. Yeah.